Every offensive stat, when you really break it down, including batting average, runs, home runs, RBIs, slugging, on-base percentage. I, I mean, the guy's a monster. Yeah, I mean, that 331 batting average is huge. And um, the five homers as well. Um, just such a big offensive player for this team. Another quick one and two count here for Jackson on the mound. And what I'm really excited about today is seeing Axman on the other side. Uh, him and Robinson, very comparable numbers. Axman actually has even better numbers. Uh, Axman in top five for most of the Cascadia Conference for offensive stats. Yeah, Mitch Robinson trailing just close behind. They're two big players. Two and two count. And it, the that was Jackson kicking it over to his third baseman who scoops up in time. Throw across the diamond with a great stretch by the first baseman, but it's not going to be in time as Robinson able to leg out an infield single. Batting fourth, the designated hitter, number 41, Braden Alleman. Hello and welcome in again. I am Jacob Aaron, and I'm accompanied today by Eric Thompson. It's an overcast day here in Vancouver, but we are bringing you CITR Sports' first ever UBC baseball broadcast. It's the UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Corbin University Warriors. Thunderbirds currently 15-9 in the NAIA West and 11-2 in their last 13. This is their 14th ever game at home. And today is Senior Day, celebrating those who will be graduating from the UBC baseball program. The other side, the Corbin University Warriors, 11-9 in the Cascadia Collegiate Conference. However, they have lost six of their last eight. Braden Alleman in the bat now. It's um, one man on on first, which is Mitch Robinson for UBC. Uh, quick three outs from Niall Windler um, got this inning off to a start. That looks and like it's going to end the inning pretty quickly as well. Yeah, about getting a piece there on the first pitch. And easy dribbler over to first will bring Corbin back to their dugout and ready to hit. So four strikeouts through the, first really six quick first inning. through the first six outs of the game here. And it looks like it will be a pitching duel. Windler made quick work of the Warriors in the first inning. Three up, three down, all on strikeouts. And since that three up and three down, it will be the number four hitter, designated hitter Ben Ross, into bat for the Warriors. Uh, ben Ross is a six foot four senior from Alaska. He's third on the team in RBIs, but uh, 46 strikeouts um, on the t on the team. That's obviously the most, 13 more than the second strikeout leader, Ethan Bragg. He also is tied for first on the team with six home runs. So he's kind of a three true outcomes player here, Jacob. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Ross can do. Both these teams really switch around their infields quite a bit. Today it's Robinson at third uh, for the Thunderbirds, as well as it looks like over at short they have Kyle McComb. Kyle McComb, who has been there all season, as well as the second baseman. It's going to be Anthony Olsen. At first it's Valk, who's been great in his first year for this Thunderbird team. Yeah, Valk Expecting a lot in the upcoming years as well. Yeah, Valk, I wasn't really expecting him to have the sort of immediate impact that he did um, coming out of, straight out into um, his first year, but he's just been excellent. And behind the dish, Anthony Cusati, who I had the chance to sit down and chat with friend, earlier. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, indeed. <laughs> uh, great guy and uh, a defensive specialist, which is going to be key here against this quick Corbin Warrior team. He's Seeing also if he can slow him down. Also a member of our, our beloved CITR club, um, having recently completed his training. Now a bat is Ben Ross with his long flowing blonde hair, and it was a first pitch swinging strike dealt from Niall Windler. I got to say, I, I'm, I'm into the long flowing blonde hair. <laughs> and this time, it looks like Ross chases outside. Quick 0-2 count on him. Windler just rearing back, not afraid. Oh, yeah. he's Coming he, with a lot of heat. He's dialed in. He wants this game, you can tell. Um, 
obviously with the huge run that the Thunderbirds have been on, um, this is such an important game down the stretch. And another K. Relentless. Four, four up, four <laughs> down. All strikeouts. Windler means we business on the mound. Hanging signs out of the broadcast booth uh, at this rate. Now up, batting Daniel for the Freiburg. Corbin Warriors is number five, Daniel Freiberger. He's occupying shortstop today. Do a quick look through the lineups as we didn't really have time to hear him earlier. For the Warriors, as the first pitch is another swing and miss. Batting first is center fielder number 19, Josh Ebert. Second is right fielder Ethan Bragg. Third is first baseman Drew Loria. Fourth is designated hitter Ben Ross, who we just saw strike out. And Good another pitch. another pitch coming in there. 0-2 count. Did we see six up, six down on strikeouts to start the first two innings of this game? Number five currently batting is shortstop Daniel Freiberger. Six and up next. Good pitch. On another <laughs> strikeout, Windler. Oh, my goodness. Just going right through these Warrior hitters. He's making this look easy out there. <laughs> yeah. This is a talented lineup. And right now it's one of the best players, if not the best, in all of Cascadia Conference, Andrew Axemaker. This guy's stats are ridiculous. They're just straight through the roof. I would also say that's a 80-grade name uh, for, it's a, a, pretty, for a ball player. It's a pretty good name. I hope uh, I can figure out where, where it comes from maybe after the game. Axemaker right now is actually leading or is the second highest batting average in the Cascadia Conference at 380. Holy He's cow. Tied oh, and that's first. why. But I think that's going to hang up for the right fielder. And it does. Six up, six down for Niall Windler uh, so far in the sixth the inning. Second inning, rather. Axman putting a good charge into that ball, driving UBC right fielder back, but able to make the catch relatively easily. Yeah, and, and five Ks through two. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, and the the single the single uh, bat on ball, pretty easily handled by Jake Lanferman uh, out in right fields. We're going to see Austin Butler, who had a really good uh, start to the season back when the Thunderbirds weren't doing so hot but has sort of had the reverse, reverse effect of cooling down as the Thunderbirds have heated up. Let's see if he can sort of reverse those fortunes here in the second inning. Uh, Butler is in his second year here. He's an art student, originally from Port Coquitlam, British Columbia. Stands at 5'11", 185. Currently on the season, batting 277, 17 runs, 18 runs batted in. Does have some pop, four home runs on the season, and he's slugging up at 445. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term slugging it's basically the amount of at-bats that you have uh, by the amount of bases that you're able to uh, advance each time so say a double say you go one for two with the double your slugging would still be a thousand slugging is kind of hard to explain eh, I mean <laughs> you sort of get used to it for for those tuning into their first baseball game um, Stats-wise, it's a little bit of a mess, um, as you'll soon find out. Um, slugging is, per definition, the <laughs> number of total bases divided by the number of at-bats. Wow, that's what I said. You nailed it. And got, now got it in one. Chris Jackson dealing now to Butler. It was a first-pitch ball, I believe. Winds up again here, and Butler hits one out to the second baseman who scoots over to his right, drops it over on to number 24, Number or Drew Loria, first baseman of Corbin, for an easy quick out here. Yeah, and that was pretty easily handled by. Um, you, you said he was the best player in Canada West, I believe, Andrew Axmaker. Axmaker, uh, well, offensively at least. Offensively, but he didn't have to struggle too much. Uh, that one was right to him. 
now batting is uh, Jackson Valk, first year, who you said has had a great first rookie season. Valk takes the ball low. 1-0 is the count. Yeah, Valk really been a big improvement Ooh, as he gets him. drilled here. Throws his bat down quickly and sprints down. We're not seeing any of the uh, recent MLB mound charges yet. Well, I don't think that one was quite as intentional <laughs> yeah, as clearly, clearly the uh, one that unintentional. hit, that hit Nolan Arenado over the, the past Left week. Fielder John now up is John Whaley, number 26, for the Thunderbirds. And first base run of the game, Jackson Valk taking his lead off of first. Chris Jackson on the mound. He has some stats to back up his resume as well as a high outside strike is called by the umpire behind the dish today. That, that is actually the um, the second base runner of the game. There was the single from uh, Braden Alleman. Thank you. But Chris Jackson, 8-2 and two in 10 starts. He has a ERA of 2.73. That's good enough for third in the Cascadia Conference. Holding opponents to just a 231 batting average. That's also good enough for third. And he's tied for fifth in the conference in strikeouts. He was at 50 at the start of the game. Only one homer also given up by him all season, as that's a foul ball at the plate by Valk. Yeah, this does look or like Whaley, it's, excuse me. it's shaping up to be the pitcher's duel that you mentioned. Um, just a, a dominant pitcher, uh, Chris Jackson. But Niall Windler, obviously, six up, six down, having a great game so far. Whaley. Waiting for the pitch from Jackson. Valk. Pickoff move back to first. He's back in easily. Jackson holding him close over there at first. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move Valk over um, with um, with no outs in the bottom of the second here. And they again try to pick him off. Unsuccessful. Valk, so far on the season, uh, not really a speedy guy. Not known too much for his speed, but you never know. UBC is going to have to get crafty against a good pitcher like Chris Jackson. He looks, so. a, he looks a little jumpy over there at first, for sure. No steal, but a swing and a miss there from Whaley will sit him down back on the bench. Coming to the plate now with two outs in the inning is Anthony Olsen. So Anthony Olsen and Anthony Kuzadi are both on the team. But I was talking to Anthony Kuzadi, and he says he goes by Tony. Yeah. Tony Olsen likes to also go by Tony. So so what Kuzadi told me was that in the clubhouse, Kuzadi is the Tony, but Anthony Olsen is the Anthony. Is it because... <laughs> <laughs> well, Kuzadi has seniority. This is his final year with the team, correct? Um, so, yes. I mean... That's that's fair. If he if he wants to be the but Tony. it's also it's also Olsen's final year. So oh, well, I don't I know mean, how that works. To, to be the Tony, you got to beat the Tony. <laughs> As Olsen lines foul. this one down third, it's going to be out of play. Foul ball. Just a little early on that swing. If he had connected at the right time, I think that would have been extra bases, and I think that probably would have scored Valk from first. One and one count here with two down in the inning. Thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9. This is our first broadcast. It's Jacob Ayer alongside Eric Thompson of UBC Baseball. Such a thrill to be out here on what is another uh, beautiful day in Vancouver. It actually shaped up well. It was supposed to originally rain. Still a bit overcast. There is rain in the forecast coming up tonight, but hopefully it we should be out of here. By holds then. off. Starts. It's start. Uh, it's supposed to start right around six. So we'll see. As a swing and a miss there by Olsen. 
on a foul tip, I believe, actually. Yep. That'll bring the count now to one and two. Olson, I mentioned fourth-year art student, originally from Edmonton, Alberta. He pitches as well, which is uh, a bit of a, we have. There's a few players on the team who can go both ways. Aylman, another one. He's playing DH. He's occupying DH. That's a base hit. A nice hit there, over in the left field. Will advance Valk over to second. This is a nice line shot right over the head of shortstop Daniel Freiberger, and now it's McComb up to the plate. McComb, as always, playing shortstop for the Thunderbirds. So far on the season, he's only batting 181. But he's, he's in there for his defense, really. Yeah, and but he, offensively, he's a, quite a streaky player. Um, he had a really, really good series against, I believe it was Southern Oregon a couple weeks ago, um, but has fallen off in recent weeks. He, he is very hot and cold, and right now it's more cold, but maybe he can do some damage here. Bottom of the second inning, and the first pitch to... Kyle McComb is low and outside. It's 1-0 count. There's runners on first and second. Two on and two down for the UBC Thunderbirds, who are trying to strike first here. And it's the first um, situation of the game with runners in scoring position. We'll see what McComb can do. McComb only nine runs batted in on the year, and this time goes over to shortstop on a slow grounder and handled there well by Freiberg. Freiberger dishes over to Loria, and the Warriors get out of the inning unscathed. Yeah, a lazy ground ball and lots of time for Freiberger to deal with it. Um, obviously disappointed for the Thunderbirds. Um, looked like they maybe had something going uh, with two men on base, but uh, didn't materialize, really. And it will be Jarrett Thorin up to bat when we resume play, uh, followed by Maxwell Jeffrey and Brock Michaelbust. Um, are your three runners scheduled, or your three batters scheduled for the Corbin Warriors? Thorne is interesting because I was looking into a bit about who he is, and he was actually just awarded for what is the NAIA's SAAC rep. What this really means is that he's a great athlete, but as well a fantastic student. He currently has a 3.98 GPA. That's better than me. <laughs> and he's going to go represent his school as for the NAIA district. What it what the definition is is he basically received academic all district honors in 2017. Wow. For his combined effort on the field and performance in the classroom. And now he ranks third on the Warrior baseball team with a 355 batting average, 43 hits, and he's played in all but three games during the current campaign. A real on and off the field player in the classroom and on the diamond. Absolutely. I mean, the 355 batting average is certainly nothing to sniff at. That's one of the best ones um, we on, on the field today. Um, he's also a good fielder too. He 983 fielding percentage. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the um, more interesting players on this team. Bunting with nobody on. Um, Thorin trying to drop one by Mitch Robinson there, maybe catch him off guard, as well as. Starter Niall Windler of the Thunderbirds. Yeah, and you, you see Mitch Robinson inching a little closer into the plate now. Second pitch, pitch is low. Bring the count to one and one here. And I think what Lauren is really trying to do is just get anything started. Yeah, I mean it's been really difficult. I mean you you hate you hate to see a guy bunt with um with the sort of position that Windler's in. I mean I know it's only the third inning and I don't want to jinx anything here, but. Uh, you know, he's having, he's dealing, and that's going to be right to the second baseman. Easy play. This is it over there to Valk, and it'll be one down here for the Thunderbirds. 
Coming out to bat now is number eight, Maxwell Jeffrey. We haven't seen too much of Jeffrey um, in this NAIA season. Um, not a great average, um, and he's only played 17 games, so obviously not a great chance to improve that. Yeah. Um, but a 179, uh, 250 slugging, 338 OBP, um, three steals though, so if he can get on base, he might have a chance at um, getting some extra bases. Swings and misses here at another heater coming in from Niall Windler. It was a healthy cut though. No balls and two strikes to count with one out right now for the Thunderbirds, who are currently in the field in the top of the third inning. This is the first of two games on the day. It'll be about a 30 to 45 minute break in between games, and then we'll come back for the second leg of action right afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously so excited to be bringing you Thunderbird baseball um, on this slightly cool, but pretty comfortable overall day, um, <laughs> weather-wise in British Columbia. Windler. Gets him to chase there a bit, but stays alive as he's able to foul the ball back. Yeah, great sort of survival cut there. I didn't think he wanted to swing and sort of just got a piece of it and sent it to the netting. Count one and two now coming to Maxwell Jeffrey. Windler. That one's <laughs> that one's gone. Can't squeak it by him. That one that's the first that's the first ball out of Thunderbird Park today, but uh not over the fence. Wrong direction. Still one and two, two straight foul balls, and Windler trying to get past Jeffrey here. Way outside. Off speed. Trying to get him to chase. Looks like he lost the grip a bit. Ball goes outside. And now the count's two and two. Windler, 12 appearances on the year as this one's lays out to second base. Also has to make the play and does. Dishes it over to Valk. And Batting two outs now for the Thunderbirds here. Number 36, Brock. 12 appearances for Windler, 10 starts, 61.2 innings pitched before this game. He's an absolute workhorse out there. Yeah, for sure. And he also had 59 strikeouts before, which has already been boosted by five now, thanks to this game. So he's currently sitting at 64, if I can do quick math. Uh-oh. And <laughs> foul ball out of play. That was a high foul ball, way over the, the netting and way over our broadcast booth here at Thunderbird Park. This just, is just beautiful new stadium, by the I, way. I love it. It's it's so great, and the broadcast booth is perfectly positioned for us to bring you some baseball. Another one fouled over the booth. Staying alive here is Brock Michael Bust. Um, just looking down at the lineup, um, it's all right-handers. Um, surprising we're not seeing anyone play in the shift, but a lot of ground balls will be coming to second baseman Anthony Olson. Um, as you know, when you don't get solid contact, it sort of heads. Well, they're shortstop if you're rolling over on the ball. Yeah. But Windler can bring a bit of heat, so yeah, the batters tend to be a bit behind on, on the pitches, and then they'll roll over on it actually to second base. Another foul ball. Currently up at bat is catcher Brock Micklebust. The Corbin Warriors have a few different players available at catcher, but they opted to go with Micklebust today. He has a just 194 average through 20 starts. Only one run, eight ribbies, as he dishes this one down the right field line. Just foul as the ball tailed off at last second. Staying alive, two, two, or rather one and two count with two outs. Bottom of the 
top of the third inning. Yeah, and he's really uh, dialed in here. He does not want to contribute to the sort of dominant pitching performance that we've seen from Niall Windler. He wants to sort of break this up. Um, but, I mean, he's just not able to get any real – that was the first bit of, you know, hard contact we've seen all game. Windler deals again, this time high and outside. We've seen him go with that look a few times. Sometimes effective getting hitters to chase or foul. Well, I think he's trying to look for it to come a little bit back inside um, with some late movement and just find a, a corner of the strike zone. Windler winds again. And a slow roller, but a double hits, hits the bat twice and is called dead because of that. So I used to umpire back in the day. And the rules with the ball hitting the bat twice is really interesting because it's kind of up to the umpire's discretion. So something clearly accidental in that situation like that is obviously going to be ruled dead. But apparently if the batter is the one who actually throws the ball, as we get a hard one hopper over to short, McComb throws it over to Valk. Thunderbird's out of the inning. But if the batter is the one who throws the bat after the ball's in play and it makes contact, he's automatically out on the play. Huh. Yeah, I mean, there's that's the thing about baseball is there's so many little rules. That, Nitpicky I mean, rules, yeah. And, I mean, that's great to have someone with umpiring experience. Usually you don't have that on a commentary team. Um, because just of the, the, so, the, like, did you, I don't know if you, you're not really a Blue Jays fan. Uh, <laughs> no, more, more of a Red Sox fan. No, but, yeah. um, but um, there was a play recently, um, a, a long fly ball out to left fielder Curtis Granderson that um, just touched the wall. Um, and then he caught it, and it, it was initially ruled out because they didn't see that it touched the wall. And um, what ended up, the ruling was, was that they allowed it to score as a hit um, and moved, the, moved all the batters up and one came in to score. Um, which I, I did not know that that was how that Yeah, if ball, ball makes contact anywhere outside of a player's glove or their body, it's marked it was, dead. It, it, was, it was more of the, the thing that like none of the runners had moved because they all thought it was a, a straight catch. Uh, um, but then they just sort of awarded everybody a base. Interesting. There was a strange play yesterday, too, in the Red Sox game where the ball kind of landed down the right field line, no man's land, took a strange bounce sideways and actually got left on top of one of the, the side... Uh, cushion areas okay with one of the paddings over there but it wasn't lodged so Mookie Betts the right fielder went over to play it grabbed it and actually was able to throw out Adam Jones who was trying to advance to second and had assumed the play was dead but because the ball wasn't claimed as lodged or lost and Mookie hadn't thrown up his hands to stop the play Jones was out on the play that's that's great awareness from uh, from Mookie Betts <laughs> yes sir and we're back here at UBC Stadium or at Thunderbird Park rather as the first pitch is rolled over to third and <laughs> over to first, the ball is thrown. Yeah. Kuzadi, not the fastest player on this Thunderbirds team. Not really able to leg out that um, yeah. ground ball to third. No steal attempts on the season for him. He does catcher, plays catcher well, and uh, he can hit pretty well. But uh, speed is not one of his greatest greatest assets. A as is the case for most catchers, I would, uh, I would argue. Now up to bat is number two, Jake Lamferman. Lamferman in right field today as the first pitch is a strike. We've seen that's the second time we've seen someone attempt to bunt for a base hit. Um, obviously pulling the bat away for strike one. Jackson deals again. This time Lamferman doing a nice job slicing it over the second baseman's head and roping a single in. 
Yeah, made real solid contact on that. Um, made made sure to elevate it um, because it was a uh, it wasn't the hardest hit ball, but um, it was able to just fly over the head of the second baseman, um, Andrew Axemaker. Now up, UBC's pride and joy, third baseman Mitch Robinson. Robinson so far on the day is one for one. Lamferman now is one for two on the day. The only other Thunderbird with a hit is second baseman Anthony Olson. And this time, Robinson rolls over to short. We'll see if they can turn two here. And over to second, but back at first, it's a bang-bang play. I don't know about that. Umpire uh, calls him out. (laughs) And that will end the inning. Nice double play turn there by the Warriors. It was a slow slow grounder, but they had a nice turn between short and second. It was a bang-bang play at first, but awarded in the Warriors' favor. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, um, that's you hate to have a double play right after, you know, sort of a, a momentum-boosting play like that sort of kills it right away. But, uh, I mean, the Thunderbirds are having a good game so far, and it's, um, it's a really defensive game of baseball, a really pitching-heavy out, uh, outing. Um, but I think the Thunderbirds have the edge in this one so far, despite the fact that no one's really able to score so far in this one. The Warriors are yet to find a hit. It has been... Dude, why, why did you say it? It's been lights out <laughs> from Winler. I'm not jinxing anything. I'm just I saying... From the land, little children watch it burn. For 
fortune famous the cold People tell me boy you got lucky But I feel about as lucky as a snowman in spring Mind over matter Tell me, boy, you dodged a bullet, but if only it had hit me, then I'd know the peace it brings. It's just mind over matter.
We apologize for the technical difficulties with the UBC Thunderbirds broadcast. We're going to take you back to the game right now on CITR 101.9 FM. And thank you so much for listening, and thank you for your patience. MLB trying to make some changes. Trying to boost viewership. That's what it's for. Well, I'm going to watch either way. This time, deals. It was an inside pitch that, that had some heat Val- on it. And Valk tried to turn on it as well. He just missed it. And it went out out of play. I, I think he didn't really expect it to come in as fast as it did. Um, and that was sort of just a survival cut from Valk. Two and one count here with one out in the bottom of the fourth. Runner on first. And Jackson will check on him. It's Butler over there. Butler. 17 runs, 18 RBIs. He has some pop as well. Last week, you mentioned player... He got the Red Lion Player of the Week as Valk, another inside pitch. He just fouls it away. Went 5 for 15, 5 runs, 4 RBIs, and 2 home runs on the day. Incredible weekend for Butler. Stepping back into the box is Valk. It's 2 and 2. Jackson looks over back at Butler, stays put, and Valk this time rolls over to first, but it will just go foul, and the count will remain at two and two. It's a great day at Thunderbird Park, and we've, uh, you know, there's I, there's a, a few um, kids, maybe, maybe younger brothers of players or otherwise familiar with the game that are sort of shagging balls as actually the um, the announcement went over they will they will pay these kids two dollars for each foul ball they return um, check on Butler over at first yeah it's a great way <laughs> I mean it's a great way to get the baseballs back which are definitely more than two dollars they're yeah, probably like four dollars I mean, each a, a great way to get people to come <laughs> out and watch some actually pretty good baseball. size and sizable crowd today yeah I put it right around 100 maybe one yeah right around 100 people out today and a little rollover chopper this will bring Jackson over oh, to his right, it. but he misplays the ball and an unnecessary slide to first from Valk. And that's got to be an error charge to uh, charge the pitcher, no? Yeah, that'll be an error charge to Jackson, who had an easy roller, and it actually seemed like he took his eyes off, thinking too far ahead without getting the ball first. Now, because of that error, just one out, this will bring Whaley up to the plate now for the Thunderbirds. Whaley 0 for 1 on the day. Another opportunity for the Thunderbirds to put a run up on the board. This will be their second scoring chance. So now it's Valk on first, Butler on second, and a first pitch fastball, which it seemed like Whaley was ready for. Yeah, he wanted that. Whaley wants to score some runs right now. It's um, it's the fourth inning, and I think the Thunderbirds are getting a little restless with the 0-0 score. Um, wanting to get some run support for Niall Windler. And this is a great opportunity to do it with one out and two men on. Oh, and one. And That's another hit, hit batter. That's going to load the bases. Again, unintentional, clearly, as no one wants to load the bases with a hit batter. No. This will bring up Anthony Olsen, number eight, and the second baseman to the plate. He's one for one on the day. He had a nice hit over the shortstop. Uh, Daniel Freiberger's head earlier in the second inning. Yeah, Anthony Olsen, um, I mean, he can get on base, um, but uh, 
he's, he's not exactly the guy you want on with, with the bases loaded. Um, you, you sort of want someone more like a... Maybe even like a Lachelle Hirakawa Kao. I know it's a little early for a pinch hitter. Um, but I, with, with the bases loaded here in the fourth and not a lot of options for scoring runs so far in this game, this is going to have to be a pretty good at-bat from, uh, from Olsen here. Olsen, a defensive specialist. He's also pitched a bit, but a 226 average on the season so far for him. Eight runs batted in, one homer. Seeing if he can add to that RBI count here with a bases loaded opportunity to break open a 0-0 game here he, in the bottom he, of the fourth. He does have one home run, so he's capable of hitting the long ball. And Jackson, after the quick mound visit, sets and fires. First pitch with the bases juice is outside. The count is 1-0. and Now, something that would be very effective is if he could draw a walk and get Kyle McComb up to the plate um, while scoring a run as well. McComb not batting that much better in terms of average, but does have more RBIs on the year. Another low and outside ball. Jackson's starting to lose some of his focus on the mound. Control, yeah, an think, issue for him. I think the, the bases loaded situation is sort of getting to him mentally um, and maybe throwing him off his game a little bit. Three hit batters and one walk. But it seems like really since the second inning on, Jackson's been up in his own head, and the Thunderbirds have taken advantage as that pitch just clips the I corner. I about that. Two and one count now. Yeah, and I mean, just like he's he's really lost some of his control that he had in the first two innings. Um, he's he's still throwing it in with heat, but um, just not able to find the plate quite as often. Deals again. This time it's a rollover. It's going to be Jeffrey or Maxwell Jeffrey, and that'll score a run from Olson. Uh, first first run scored for the day. That's Butler coming home. RBI, and it was hit soft enough where they weren't able to turn two on that play. Yeah, definitely um, an effective way of scoring a run um, if you're going to have to take the out and leave two runners on second and third, two in scoring position. Um, if McComb can like drop a lazy single into into right center or something like that, that might be that might be two more. Kyle McComb stepping up to the plate. Runners on second and third. It's Valk over there at third. And on second is left fielder John Whaley. Another first pitch ball. That low outside has, and the high outside pitch really has been a struggle for him. He's not able to locate it very well. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I, he sort of lost the handle, um, especially with that high outside and low outside, like just the outside pitches in general. And I mean, um, with the with the right-hander in the lineup, um, you sort of have to throw outside. That's and a little nubber. Did that hit his shin? The, like his the shin. play is alive and that's gonna do easy it. out there. Chris Jackson able to properly field that time. Kyle McComb was thrown out at first. But the Thunderbirds able to put a run up on the board. It's 1-0 now for UBC after four complete innings. Three hits on the day and three hit batters for Chris well, Jackson. Control. Yeah. Control has really been the, the sort of issue for him, especially um, in this inning. Um, yeah, I mean, those three hit batters are a concern. If he does that again, there uh, maybe will be a little bit of fireworks because I mean, you got to protect your guys, right? Like, it's 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 all well and good to say like, oh, I'm I'm not intentionally hitting these batters, but you're still hitting batters, and you're still putting a batter in danger every time you send him up to face that guy. On the other side, Niall Windler, four innings so far, five strikeouts, no earned, no base on balls, and his pitch counts at 49. Oh my goodness! Beautiful start here for Windler. Yeah, if he can keep this up, um, they might not mean more than the one run. This Thunderbird Stadium, which opened in early March, I want to say. Yeah, early mid-March. Early to mid-March. 
they had to actually go on a long away stretch for a while so that they could come back and now have a, what was really a long home stretch. At the end of this series, I believe it will be with the additional visiting game against the Yotes, uh, 17 straight games. Yeah, and then they, they, they travel to... Um, Oregon Tech. Yeah, I, I believe it's Oregon Klamath Tech. Klamath Falls, too. Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> but this this field, it's pretty standard, actually, besides the fact that it's turf, which is, this is actually the first turf field in all of British Columbia. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of turf fields, but I mean, it's really good if you're in It makes sense for the location. weather, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they've executed it really well. It looks beautiful. First um, pitch is a swinging strike against Ben Ross, the DH for the... Warriors. And something I've noticed is that the ball isn't um, really having the horrible hops that you sort of get normally on turf fields, like um, a certain Minute Maid Park, uh, yeah. home of the Tampa Bay Rays, um, probably my least favorite MLB stadium. <laughs> um, but this actually seems to be a pretty good simulation of grass in terms of how the ball bounces off it. And it's one and one now to Ross. The field itself is also... 335 and left, 400 and center, and 335 and right. Very standard as far as baseball parks come. Um, I mean, you, you don't get too many interesting parks in the, at, at the college level um, in terms of dimensions. Right, you just want consistent play. Yeah, absolutely. It does have six bullpens, which is nice, as Ross puts a nice little charge in left field, chasing it down. Great play. Great play there by left fielder of the Thunderbirds. That was John Whaley. Nice catch. You saw his first step. That's what's really important, right? I played center back in the day. And first step is like it can make or break the upcoming play. And he got a perfect jump on that. Chased it right down almost to the line. Yeah, absolutely. He sort of had a beat on that one. Checked out the angle, which is very difficult to do. One thing about playing a game in overcast weather is that it's a lot harder to see the white baseball against the white cloud of the sky. Um, But definitely did a really good job of getting a beat on that. And... um, making the play over at a uh, uh, pretty shallow right field just in time. Or left, left field. field. Yeah. Uh, first pitch there to shortstop Daniel Freiberger was a swinging strike, but that second pitch comes in off the plate. It will be one and one now with one out. He's not had a lot of luck with that outside pitch. Um, not really getting anyone to swing on it and not getting any movement into the strike zone either. So you see it again. Wendler now two and one dealing to Daniel Freiberger. Freiberger on the season. Not necessarily their strongest bat. He is, but at the same time, that's just because they have such high averages across the board. He's actually hitting 315. I mean, that's great. But it's his speed, which kills. 14 steals for him. And the only person he's behind? His own teammate, Josh Ebert. As that one is just off the plate. Brings the count full now. As the previous pitch was a strike, three and two here with one out. Windler close to putting on his first batter of the game. This time foul tip, but Kuzadi's unable to squeeze it. That bat will remain as fighting at the plate is Freiberger. Yeah, Freiberger, infielder, outfielder, technically on the roster. Today he's playing shortstop. 5'10 junior from Rupert, Idaho. One of only two players to have started every game this season, as that will indeed be the first base runner of the game. A high and outside ball will put on Freiberger, which is really not the person you want to put on base, considering his his uh, stat book, 14 steals. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I mean, I don't... 
I mean, I guess they would probably try to steal here, and he's got a healthy leadoff there at first. Um, <laughs> Windler is a lefty, which is helpful. As Pujadi's got an arm, though. Exactly, and that's what I think is going to be huge in this series because they have so many players with a good amount of steals. Ebert leads the league with 21. Second in the league is Freiberger with 14. And they have a handful of players between four to seven steals. So it's going to come down to Kuzadi's play behind the dish and also how these pitchers are able to deal out of the windup or I mean, out of the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And I, But I really think they should be focusing on the guy at the plate right now, Andrew Axemaker. Um, such a dangerous offensive presence. Want to know, count to him, and you don't want to fall too far behind. Windler sets... Checks the runner all at once and deals into Axemaker who fouls it off to the left into the Thunderbird dugout. That looked like it was well outside the strike zone to me. Um, but I mean... It doesn't matter if you hit 380. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe maybe a, a Vlad Guerrero type? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Or junior nowadays. There you go. He, he's a little more disciplined at the plate than his father. For those of you who haven't seen, search the Vlad Guerrero junior home run. It was awesome. That one's yeah. fouled off. Bring the count to one and two now to Axemaker. Originally from Colton, Oregon. Listed as an infielder today, occupying second. We mentioned all his great offensive play. And it's really going to be him versus Robinson at the plate. But as of late, both teams have had some other surprise batters really show up. Kuzadi, as well as Ailman for the Thunderbirds. And Drew Loria of the... Warriors batting third today. Still no hits. <laughs> Come on. Checks the runner over at first. It's Freiburger. I didn't say I didn't I say mean, the word. I, I mean, just you, mentioned you a stat. Came pretty close. I mentioned say. a statistical oh. okay. A stat book number. Yeah, they're really not too comfortable with uh, Freiburg over at first there. <laughs> the problem is, the guy at the plate, sure, he can hit, but he also, I believe, has seven steals on the season. Yeah, these are not the two base runners you want to have if you're going to have two base runners. Two and two count. Deals to Axemaker. Axemaker swings and misses at a high fastball. And that's huge to get the strikeout from uh, one of the best offensive players in the conference. You're and he's made he's made these batters who like you mentioned top in the conference look like just average normal players yeah i mean corbin is such an incredible offensive team as you mentioned uh you said uh, i believe freiberger one of the worst uh batting averages on the <laughs> team at 315 well not the worst but you know he's not top three or four okay that's still i mean <laughs> 315 would be tops on most teams i feel including our own besides well, I mean, robinson, robinson robinson with the 331 right there you go Again goes to that outside pitch. It's 2-0 now, dealing to left fielder, number 15, Jarrett Thorin. We were talking about how he's a competitor on the field and in the classroom. Hmm. Jarrett Thorin getting a piece, but it'll go beyond our broadcast booth here. I'm sure that count now two and one. I'm sure that the Thunderbirds would be comfortable to let Thorin reach base on, on, on balls here. Um with um, the bottom of the order coming up. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I guess that they wouldn't want to really play play too close to him. That one's fouled off again, though, so if they can get the strikeout, they'll be out of the inning with no worries.
Two balls, two strikes, and two outs now for the T-Birds. As Windler stares down Jarrett Thorne of the Corbin Warriors. And a balk is called here as Windler made a mistake on the mound. That'll bring number five or number yes, number five, Daniel Freiberg over to second. Now the danger is that if there's a shallow uh, outfield knock, you gotta expect that Freiberger's gonna get home with his speed. Yeah, I would not be playing very close to the middle of the strike zone if I was Windler right now. Silly mistake there by yeah. That's the sort of play by Windler. Yeah, and he's he's not gonna want to let that actually do any damage to the team. Do you do you want to explain for our, our first time baseball listeners what a balk is? Do you want to try and attempt yeah, that? Yeah, because um, it's a bit of a mess. Well, the balk is it's where you stop your motion or. It's anywhere, as he takes off to third, the ball is skied out of bounds. Freiberger was trying to swipe third there, and it looked like he would have it, as the right-hand bat probably would have prevented Kuzadi of getting a clean throw down. Yeah, and that's the first time we've gotten a look at his speed, and it's really good. Um, yeah, as you said, I don't really think Kuzadi would have been able to make the play in time, despite it having a really good arm. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's so fast at, at, on the base pass there. But a Bach is basically... When you're try when the pitcher is starts to make their motion, if there's anything that prevents their normal motion to the plate, got him as a strikeout gets the Thunderbirds out of the inning. Yeah, Windler making up for his earlier mistake, um, letting the runner advance to second on the balk. Um, so it could be whether it's a dropped ball, a they trip during their motion. Whether they stop halfway, those are all considered balks. I didn't really see Windler do anything sort of out of sorts. His there. foot got caught. Oh, he got caught the, up on, on the, the mound. It might have okay. been the turf. He noticed. He noticed it right away, though. And sometimes, if you flinch as well and you don't make the pickoff, then that yeah. can be considered a balk. For sure. Because sometimes pitchers will, you know, fake over to pretend to throw out a runner. Yeah, and I mean they definitely. But he, he just didn't step off. And they definitely had um, eyes over on the guy at first, uh, Daniel Freiberger. Um, Yeah, it's just technical definition, number of illegal motions of actions. Uh, it could be whether, you know, like I mentioned, you drop it, you stop the motion. Uh, he switches his pitching position. He starts to pitch, but then he doesn't complete the delivery. Paints or steps to the base without completing the throw. There's a whole number of things that can <laughs> yeah. constitute a balk. It'll be the leadoff hitter, number 23, Anthony Kuzadi, coming into the box. Kuzadi over two on the day. Right-handed bat. Had that huge uh, game-winning home run the last time against out Lewis and against Clark. Lewis Clark. Bottom of the sixth inning, two-run homer, goes oppo right over right field and got UBC the huge win to split the series against top-ranked Lewis and And that Clark. was so important against one of the best teams in not only the conference, but the entire uh, NAIA. This time, rattles the ball out to short. Handled well there by Freiberger. Dishes over to first for Loria. And Kuzadi will sit back down on the bench. Now batting for the UBC Thunderbirds. It is number two, Jake Lamferman. Playing right field today. He's one for two on the day. Yeah, and he had that... Um, uh, I mean, he, he, he did get on base, um, had the, the single over into uh, into right field. Um, yeah, had a, he had a nice action on it. He just sat back on that ball and was able to slice it over uh, Axman 
Axman's head. Yeah, and I mean that was I mean there hasn't been a lot of hard contact on the day and Jake Lanferman's one of the guys that has Axe Maker, to... excuse me, not Axman. Axman. Sounds like a Wolverine companion. I am Axman. Axman. <laughs> there's I feel like there's a minor league hockey team called that somewhere. That's probably where I'm getting it from. Um but yeah, Lanferman, one of the few guys to solve um the pitcher Jackson, Chris Jackson today. Um just three hits for the Thunderbirds. One of them from Lamferman, one from Mitch Robinson, and the other from Anthony Olsen. That came back in the second. Thunderbirds only have one run. They've had a few different opportunities for driving in some runs. They left runners on second and third last inning. Yeah, tough to only get one, one run with that uh, bases loaded situation with one out. Um, but, I mean, it's better than nothing. Chris Jackson tries to paint the corner, falls just outside the strike zone, and now the count is 1-1. One Chris Jackson deals. This time it's a three hopper. It was slow chopper though, and he, a bang bang play it. at first. He's oh, called out. Nice play there by third baseman of the Warriors, now, Maxwell Jeffrey. A lot of close plays at first uh, so far from the Thunderbirds. It's kind of like a Baltimore chop. It had some serious airtime to it, and, it, and he was almost able to beat it out. Yeah, it was a really weird sort of trajectory. Um, and again, I mean, I, I praise the, the the grass simulation level of the turf, but that's um that's something that does happen with turf is weird bounces like that. Now batting, Thunderbirds offensive leader Mitch Robinson, number forty four, playing third base today as he has for past little while now. Off speed pitch just misses the corner. It's two and zero. Oh. Yeah, really quick two zero oh count. Um, something I've noticed with um, both pitchers today is that they don't really waste a lot of time in between pitches. No, they're very efficient out on the mound. I guess is the proper word to use. Sometimes it's it just comes down to tempo. I think you know yeah, if if, if, a, if a pitcher a likes to move fast, that's that's what you got to do. Yeah. And on the three zero oh count, finds the strike zone. It's now three one to Mitch Robinson with two outs here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Robinson takes the ball just low and will take his base. It's a free pass for Mitch, putting him on base and bringing to the plate D.H. Braden Aylman. Yeah, and some some choice uh, walk-up music from uh, our friend Braden Aylman here at Chop Suey. You guys can hear that? I hope so. Chris Jackson. A lot of interesting picks on the walk-up music. Um, I really appreciate I believe it was Anthony Olsen who had the Tragically Hip song. Fouling off that first pitch is Aoman. 0-1 count. Jackson, since that second inning, has been working out of the stretch a decent amount. Three hit batters, one base on ball, only one earned against him, and three hits. But total base runners today has been, I believe, seven. Now with that, or yeah, seven with that last walk. Whereas for now, Windler, just the one. Oh, and two count here. Mitch Robinson gets his lead and much too high. Good job there by catcher Brock Micklebust to corral it and not let it sail to the backstop. That one error is what actually cost the Warriors last inning. It was pitcher Chris Jackson on a beautiful breaking pitch. He's in there. Easy. Stolen base for Mitch Robinson, as I believe Micklebus thought he had the strikeout. 
and then he kind of hesitated. And I think I think shortstop Feinberg thought the same thing, got there a little late, and uh, Robinson got in there rather easily. Yeah, the the throw to second was actually dropped, but even if it hadn't been, I don't think um, it would have been in time just because of that little moment of hesitation. Runner on second now. Two balls, two strikes, and two outs. Here comes the pitch to Ailman, who's playing DH today. It's off the plate. Full count here. And you would love to get Austin Butler up to plate with um, with two men on. Brandon Ailman can do some damage, too. And on this time, however, Chris Jackson. Nice pitch there on the inside part of the plate. Sits down Ailman, and Thunderbirds will remain with just a 1-0 lead here. Yep, bottom of the order up now for the Corbin Warriors. It'll be Max Jeffrey and Brock Micklebust, followed by um, the leadoff man, uh, Ebert. Showing no signs of slowing down. Windler back out there on the mound. We'll see how long each of these starters can go here today. As many people likely predicted, a low-scoring affair here. Just 1-0 through five complete innings. I'm Jacob Barrett, and I'm accompanied by Eric Thompson here today. You're listening to CITR 101.9. It is the UBC Thunderbirds baseball team taking on the Corbin University Warriors. Thunderbirds currently ranking second in the Cascadia Collegiate Conference. War- the, uh, the Warriors, however, just behind them in third place right now. The pitching duel, Niall Windler for the UBC Thunderbirds and Chris Jackson going head-to-head here. So far, Windler getting the better of the Warriors. Jackson just allowed one run on three hits, seven base runners on the day. Committing also one error was Jackson himself. I also just want to point out seven strikeouts through five for Niall Windler. He's been really hot uh, in terms of, you know, not even letting contact happen. Um, and obviously the only runner to uh, reach base was on um, a base on balls. So, Windler has the third most strikeouts. And before this game, 61.2, 59Ks. He's basically averaging nine per nine. Which is pretty good. And where I think the Thunderbirds do have the advantage over this uh, Corbin Warriors team is their relief. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, I mean, I am expecting Niall Windler to finish out this game uh, the way he's going now with the, the low pitch count of 72. But, I mean, if they do have to bring in somebody, um, they have a wealth of options uh, to sort of... Maxwell Jeffrey putting that one right back where it came, dropping into center field, charging on his butler, but a nice single there to start off the ending. That is the first hit of the day for this Corbin Warrior team. We'll see what they can do with it now with zero, with nobody out, and now up at the plate, their number nine, Brock Micklebust. First time they've got on base via the hit today, forcing a quick transition to the stretch now for Windler. Bunt here by Micklebus. We'll see if it kicks foul. Indeed, it does. As racing down the line, Micklebus almost collided there with Valk. And, I mean, this is also the first time they've gotten the leadoff man aboard, um, so the first real opportunity to do some damage uh, for the Warriors. Now 0-1, setting to bunt again, showing early is Micklebus, and that's Windler motioning over to first, making sure 
Jeffrey is staying true. Jeffrey with the only knock on the day. Setting to bunt again. Owen one Windler. Ops to go straight. Kuzati jumps out, throws down a second, but he airmails it. Thankfully, Butler saw ahead. And now Lewis, or excuse me, Corbin with two runners on. Nobody out. That'll be Kuzati who's charged with the error on that play. Interesting that he opted to go to second. I think he was trying to keep the runner from scoring position. He had a pretty clear out at first. Risk didn't pay off for Kuzati that time. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that was the right move to make. Because um, if he had kept it down, I think he would have gotten it in there in time. It was more just the the uh, sort of split-second decision. Right. Yeah. The actual result didn't work. Yeah, and I mean, when you have to make a split-second deci decision like that, either way, it's going to be worse than if you know where you're going right off the, the first contact. But it, in my opinion, with nobody on in a 1-0 game, you want the out. You want to make sure that they don't blow up and... Put up a 3-4 spot in the inning. He opted to try and keep him out of scoring <laughs> position. I mean... Look at uh, look at um, uh, Ebert in here with the... Another bunt. Ebert showing, Ebert showing early. Windler and the Thunderbirds looking a bit rattled as the Corbin bench and fans... <laughs> mostly the bench, really. The bench is pretty in Chirping. They're loud down there as finally they have something going. They have been completely quiet up till now. Forcing Kuzati to make another play, this time finding third base. What a fantastic play there by Anthony Kuzati. That was really great awareness to go to third on that one. Um, making up making up really for his previous play. Yeah, sort of erased the um, the base runner that he let uh, reach second. He was able to actually jump out of the crouching position, go down off one leg, off balance, throw it from a three-quarter angle, and make it to third base just in time before... Before I believe that was Maxwell, yeah, that was Jeffrey was able to make it over there. That was a really excellent uh, defensive play there. And now we have um, Ethan Bragg. Yeah, Ethan Bragg um, almost drills him. Kuzati misses it, and the runners will advance um, on the pass ball. Whether that was a wild pitch or a pass ball, runners still do advance. Now second and third, heart of the order, ready to come up. Drew Loria, the three hitters on deck, and in the hole is. D.H. Ben Ross with Freiberger and Axemaker coming afterwards. Right now is Bragg taking on Windler. First pressure situation here for Nile on the day. This time pitches. Gets a good piece of it. Racing him from center. But Butler isn't there. Decides not to go for the play. And it seemed like he almost gave up. It seemed like he had a decent opportunity to actually make that catch. Yeah, I think maybe if he sort of gunned it a little bit more, maybe even you know went for the spectacular and dove for it, he maybe had a shot at that ball. Um, opted opted to play it safe though. This turf field, you never know. Yeah, he can bounce and then roll. Yeah, and there wasn't anyone backing him up in in center either. So I mean, a, a smart play, but maybe 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 not the one that could have relieved the damage quite as much. The scoreboard says two one, but I do believe the score is still one to one now. Just the one hit on the day. Yeah, they, they fixed it now. It's 1-1. It's 1-1 one, one. One one with one hit on the day. The error is what's costing the Thunderbirds here. Excuse me, there are two hits with that last one that dropped in the center. Now batting is number three, Drew Loria, the first baseman of this Corbin Warrior team. Loria with a 
healthy slugging percentage as well as on base. He's actually above 400. It's kind of like Joey Votto. 413 <laughs> on base. Uh, the problem is this whole team has a line Great. shot to first. Throws it back. Wow. Double play. Thunderbirds able to miraculously get on, only allow one run in this inning when it seemed like a lot more damage really could have came through. Yeah, the the huge double play there from uh, from I believe that was Kyle McComb. McComb, yeah, with the with the huge play from short, um, that could have that could have been bad. And uh, McComb with a great snag um, on the liner and able to flip it over to the first baseman Jackson Valk. Um, and if you're Ethan Bragg on that play, I don't know what you're doing because he was at first. It's not like he's going to score on that play. It was right up the middle. You're taught to freeze or even go back slightly on a liner. And at least that's what's the general knowledge of it, right? I think he just got too fired up because, I mean, the, the, the Corbin bench was certainly into it. Right. Um, Everyone was a bit too excited about what was happening. Yeah. Ended up costing him as... Uh, the rally is dead, and it's one-to-one -one here now. Corbin able to tie it up after getting their first and then second hits on the day. Yep, C Chris Jackson back out on the mound to play the bottom of the sixth inning. Um, 68 pitches for him so far. No no one really warming up uh, in terms of uh, pitchers for either side. They look like they're going with their starters for a little bit more. I think if you're the head coach for the Warriors, Derek Legg, you're just seeing Chris Jackson able to maybe not come out of the gates firing, but develop throughout the game and understand the weaknesses of these batters. As I think, actually, last inning, he showed quite a bit of poise after letting up his first run of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would not be surprised if we see um, Pat Vandenbrink um, sometime soon in this game. Um, with Obviously, it looked... Um, the, the starting pitcher now when they're losing the no-hitter um, and losing the shutout. Um, in the the last inning, but uh, he did he did get out of it pretty effectively. So maybe they'll leave him in for one or two more. First two pitches to Austin Butler leave him with a one one count. Jackson still dealing on the mound, up to seventy pitches now on the day. Off speed just misses the lower part of the zone. Two one now. Butler, zero and one on the day. I believe he was one of the hit batters as well. He was, yeah. Um, and, I mean, a disciplined um, approach to the plate for, for Butler um, with the 348 OBP. Um, uh, and he just, it would be really good to get a man on base with Noah's here in, in the sixth inning as sort of a response. Two and two count, and he rips one down, but well foul on the left field line. And all the kids trying to make a couple bucks. <laughs> I see them sprinting away. There's about a, it's kind of like a pack of kids going there's after like, it. There's like eight or ten of them there. <laughs> oh, two two count still. Here comes the pitch and that slider. It looks like or curveball, well off the plate, makes things full count. Yes, it makes the count full here. Three and two now. Austin Butler leading off in this bottom of the sixth inning. Can UBC retaliate to the first run that? Corbin was able to put up a very close pitch, but Butler will head down to first on the walk. Yeah, and with the leadoff man on, this brings um, Valk, who's had really a great game. Um, I mean, he hasn't gotten a hit yet, but now he's been an instrumental. He was an instrumental part of that first uh, run that scored. Um, and I mean, with the with the left-handed hitter, you have the, um, the the positive, the good matchup, right? Yeah, the good matchup. I think this might be a, a big at bat here for the Thunderbirds here in the sixth. Nobody down yet. We'll see if. Uh, Butler holds home at first, or if they put him on the move. First pitch in nearly clips. Did that hit him? No, oh. just off the inside.
but nearly clips Valk. You don't want to add to that three hit by hit uh, batters already. Yeah, and you don't want to have Chris a, Jackson. You don't want to have a runner in scoring position with one out either, or with no outs even. Four strikeouts on the day, two walks, three hit batters, one earned, and three hits. It's Chris Jackson's numbers as checks on the runner over at first. Butler getting back in easily. Both teams with one error on the day. And both those errors actually turned into runs on the board for the teams in the same inning. Valk had a beautiful pitch, rolled over on it a bit. Bare hand there, hits off the head of Butler. They get very lucky. <laughs> that was very lucky indeed, Jacob. Everyone's safe on the play. It was actually great play over there by Loria at first. Yeah, great start. Unlucky. Yeah, and I mean, really smart to go to second with plenty of time, but just sort of being the runner in the head. Um, and not a lot you can do about that. And it seems that now Corbin's going to have to deal with the consequences of that unfortunate last play. And it seems like Austin Butler's fine on the yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, you hope he's okay. I mean, it, it's not its not exactly wasn't coming in like feeling. a fastball, right? Yeah, for sure. But it's still not a nice feeling to get a, you know, a co competitive level baseball right on the head. Showing bunts. But drawing back is John Whaley, the left fielder. He's over one on the day here. And Jackson looking to his second baseman axe maker now. Potentially putting a play on for an attempted pickoff. We'll see what happens. Whaley had that great defensive play in the in the fourth inning, I believe, to erase what could have been extra bases. You know, I'm watching Whaley in the box and he has this kind of very over-the-top, flamboyant kind of batting stance. And I don't know if you watch Cardinals baseball, but it reminds me of the giant Jose Martinez. Oh, yeah. Who's starting out this year, who just... I mean, he's... <laughs> like, I don't know how he's able to stay focused, but it actually looks rather similar. It's a bit wider of a stance. But his bat's wagging, his foot's bouncing up and down. And drawing back again, the count is now... 3-0. and 3-0. Oh. and oh, As Jackson's not able to get anything across. I can almost guarantee you John Whaley will not swing here. <laughs> With um, with no outs, three and zero count, um, and two men on. Yeah, you got to think, Coach Chris Pritchett, who's in his third the third season here at UBC, is definitely Show signing over to his batter. No Showing one swing. throw, and there it is. That'll be ball four. And the bases are loaded here in the bottom of the sixth inning for the Thunderbirds. No, no outs. Man out. This is exciting. And Anthony Olson, who has a hit on the day, is in the in the bat. It's gonna go Olson, who's in the eight hole, Kyle McComb, the shortstop, and then top of the lineup with Kuzadi. Lamferman, and if they're able to get there, Robinson. Chris Jackson got himself into a bit of a jam here. You've got to imagine there's someone warming up for the for the Warriors right about now. Well, it, yes, it, it, the, the control issues have came back now. It seems as the, it was a first batter walk, and then it was that crazy play as a rollover here. We'll see if they're able to turn two, but it. a bobble, and nobody, everybody's safe on the play. A run scores. No outs, and the bases are still loaded. A bit of a rollover there for Anthony Olsen, but he gets the RBI. And well, we'll, we'll see if it's charged as an error. But I, I, I got to imagine that'll be scored as an error. That looked like it was going to be two. Um, that was shortstop Daniel, Daniel Freiberger. Who made that great play in the third inning, um, just not able to sort of have the same effective presence in the defense uh, in this inning. Now it is the shortstop Kyle McComb up to bat for the Thunderbirds. I think there's a pinch hitter, uh, Jacob. Oh, excuse me. Yes, it is. It's indeed. It's number 10, Weger. Nolan Weger. Weger 
He's six foot one, one eighty nine. Just in his first year, originally from Surrey, British Columbia. Three fifty seven average, um, uh, four RBIs. He's kind of a guy that you want to have up at the plate right now. Um, nice to see a rookie get some some time in at this one, um, coming off the bench. And I think he's going to be able to do some damage here with no. And he's going to be one of their key pieces next year too, as that one almost grazes him on his elbow. Jackson really struggling. It was charged as an E6 on that last play to uh, Freiberger. Yeah, and after the, the four-pitch walk from... Uh, oh, Another roll over here to Freiberger. Another opportunity. Able to scoop it this time. Get the out at first, but that's going to be it. Another run comes home. That time it was Jackson Valk. Yeah, and Uyghur's fifth RBI of the season comes at a very opportune time. And runners at second and third with one out. It's good to see the Thunderbirds bouncing back after the... After the Warriors were able to put up a run in the top of the inning. Now, UBC responded with two already with one out. Runners still on second and third in the top of the lineup. Mr. Anthony himself, Kuzadi. Uh, yeah, and that was a great response from the Thunderbirds. Uh, they've already put up two in this one. Up uh, healthily two runs um, on the Warriors. Um, Kuzadi 0 for 3 on the evening, but I think he might be able to um, change his fortunes here. A awful, an awful first cut there <laughs> well, from Kuzadi. I think he, I think that was a rush of blood to the head um, from Kuzadi. Yeah, obviously the huge cut on a play way outside the plate um, from Chris Jackson. And you got to hope that Kuzadi's let that blunder, that error that he threw over to second last inning. You got to let bygones be bygones in baseball. You fail, what, two-thirds of the time if you're a great hitter? So, you know, hopefully he's forgot about the error and he's able to Bring in some runs here for the Thunderbirds. So far on the year for him, Kuzadi has 25 runs batted in, and he's batting 304 before this game started. Good slugging percentage, four home runs on the season, and 383 on base. This time, trying to send it to right field. That was another home run cut, Jacob. He's, he, I think he wants one here. The outfielders are ready. You can see them. They know that this is the top of the order, and Kuzadi's got a bit of pop. Out in center field there for the Corbin Warriors, Ebert, who's quick, was ready on the play, and you could see him almost flinching. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's he's putting big cuts in, but, like, Chris Jackson's been pretty much unable to find the strike zone in this inning. I would just, you know, I would hold up a little bit. 83 is his pitch count now for Jackson. As this time on a 1-2 count, Kuzadi's able to stay alive on an off-speed pitch, fouling it down the third base line. Yeah, I don't think he was expecting it to go off-speed there. I think he was expecting another low fastball. Um, but Kuzadi able to get a piece of it and stay alive. One and two here, one out, bottom of the sixth inning. UBC now leading three to one. There was another error in this inning for the Warriors, now two on the day. Thunderbirds only with three hits so far. As Kuzadi drives the ball up the middle, we'll see if they send the second runner. They indeed do, and the throw is not going to come home. It's now five to one for the UBC Thunderbirds. Two runs single up the middle on a great opportune time for the first hit for Anthony Kuzadi. Yeah, and it really no, couldn't have come at a better time with two runners on. Um, blowing this game open 5-1 now um, as Landferman gets a chance to uh, increase the damage. And a pinch runner coming in for Kuzadi. Shane Rogers. Shane Rogers getting some reps uh, over at first. Rogers also in his first year. 5'10", 185. Originally from Nanaimo. Welcome to the mainland. Now up at bat is number two in the lineup. And number two, Jake Lamferman. 
That one well fouled. Um, Smashed down the right field line, though. Yeah. Definitely had some power on it. Um, probably wouldn't have got over the fence, but it definitely had some heat. Um, Landferman looking to um, further increase the damage um, done by one Anthony Cazzotti with the two RBI single um, straight up the middle. UBC really pushing back, capitalizing on what was more or less an unfortunate mis- just luck on part of Corbin. We yeah, go back to uh, that play. With Freiberger booting the what would have been an easy DP ball. Well, even before that, though, there was the play where I believe it was Loria tried to throw it over to uh, second base for a potential double play, but oh, it hit off the it helmet. Hit, hit uh, Valk in the head, or Butler, rather. Butler in the head, right. And th- that's just, I mean, sure, it's a yeah. bit of skill to hit the ru- hit your <laughs> hit your fellow teammate, but I mean, like, come on, that's a bit of luck as Jackson checks over there on Shane Rogers. And still, still only one out, so the Thunderbirds have the opportunity to do a lot more damage here in this one. Five to one. They've hung a four spot here in the bottom of the sixth. Thunderbirds hoping to add on more. Another check over here on Rogers. Rogers, the pinch runner. They uh, they brought him into the game for a reason, and um, certainly cognizant of that is Chris Jackson. One and one count. One out here. And this one hit up the middle, but it looks like it's going to be a perfect double play ball. Indeed it is. The Warriors able to get out of the inning, but not before four runs are put up by the Thunderbirds here with the help of an error and a bit of a unlucky play. Um, hitting off the helmet of Austin Butler. Drew Loria's throw coming from first, trying to turn two. Thunderbirds will take it, though. They're up four runs here. Windler's back out on the mound. Kuzadi. Two runs single up the middle. Capitalizing off of that error and the mishap that happened earlier in the inning. You want to look at Windler's numbers real quick? Check this out. Show show me. Six innings pitch, just two hits. Sure, the one earned run, but only one walk, seven strikeouts, 81 pitches. Not too shabby. This might be his last inning, though, but what a performance from Niall Windler this, uh, this afternoon. And like as you mentioned, pitching. Been he was. A, he actually had a no-no, or was it perfect through four? Last weekend, or no, today? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, he was perfect through four. Yeah, and had the no-hitter through five. Just a really great outing from uh, from Windler. From Windler. I mean, just uh, pitching has been such an important part of the success of the Thunderbirds in recent weeks. Um, and definitely a great example of it here with Niall Windler um, just dominating on the mound. Now stepping up to plate for the Warriors is DH number 25, Ben Ross. 0 for 2 on the day. Windler sets and deals. First pitch, high outside strike to Ross. Ross has kind of that... See, I feel like he his last name should be Axemaker. He just kind of looks like he's an Axemaker. He's got that long hair, the big beard on him. That beard is is very <laughs> very axe maker like, and he swings and misses. The count's zero and two here. Ross steps back into the box. He's like a blonde Jonathan Lucroy. <laughs> Jonathan Lucroy. Oh yeah, true, true. That one misses high and outside one and two, or even a uh, Turner. He's not not quite Trey <laughs> Turner. That's Justin Turner. Sorry, I messed them up. The Dodgers one, right? Yes, Justin Turner. Who's Trey Turner play for? The Nationals. Right. And this time. 
Ross able to foul it off, stay alive. Count remains at one and two. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't categorize that as a Justin Turner level um, piece of facial hair. <laughs> it's close, but it's, I mean, it's hard to beat Justin Turner. You mentioned he's from Alaska. His hometown, as he strikes out on the play, another strikeout. That's eight now for Windler, yeah, who's racking them up early on. It seemed like he was going to have like 12 on the day. <laughs> he slowed down a bit, but that's eight now. Sl- slowed down to eight strikeouts through through seven innings. And it's been great that they've actually been able to shut down Bennett Ross because he's actually third on the team in RBIs. But his main drawback, which we just saw, is his strikeouts, yeah, which he leads by a large margin, 46 before this game. Very similar to Ethan Bragg in that regard. That one's going to be extra bases. And that is Daniel Freiberger just hitting the ball beautifully down the left field line for a nice double, sliding in, and now bringing up to the plate Andrew Axemaker, the RBI machine himself. Runners in scoring position. That was the first extra base hit we've seen by Corbin all day. Actually, was that the first? That was the first extra base hit we've seen all day. Yes, <laughs> I believe so. Everything else has been on both sides. Then, yeah, for sure. Because um, I mean, no one's really been getting hard contact. And he takes off for third. Kuzadi fires it down. Robinson didn't seem ready there as yeah, he was, was playing a, in on the grass. It was an excellent or throw, the but faux grass, you turf say, grass. Say grass. Um, uh, yeah, Robinson definitely, I think, to blame there on that one. Kuzadi had an excellent throw to the third base, um, but Robinson just not in position to make the tag. And it seems that they're actually sending Freiberger back to second. I'm not sure why. Um, but nevertheless, play will continue here. Um, There was apparently umpire interference on the last play. That's why he went back down to second as Mitch Robinson was wow. claimed that he wasn't able to put down the tag properly and the umpire agreed with him. Moved back to second, hits him in the arm. Everyone's getting hit in the <laughs> hit in the arm or the head, it seems. This is it's 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 all popping off here at Thunderbird Park. Daniel Freiberger got clipped in the elbow by that pickoff attempt there by Windler. It was a spin move back to second. McComb was waiting for it, but he wasn't wasn't able to get it because it just hit him right in the arm. These players are tough, man. He, yeah. he didn't even flinch. It hurts, okay. hurts getting hit in the elbow. Mm. Windler sets and deals now, and Axemaker absolutely puts a drive into this one. Deep left field, but under it is Whaley. Good job corralling it. That one held up just long enough. Yeah, and got the throw in, um, so Freiberger not able to advance. Um, well, a fielder you, you got a little excited for that one, Jacob. That that hung up uh, well before the warning track. I think it's my my pre-notion of who Andrew Axemaker is. You that's, know, that's pretty fair. When you got a stat line like that, every time he puts the ball in there, you got to get a little bit excited. That's even yeah. if it's not your home team. For sure. <laughs> I mean, now, we haven't gotten to call a home run yet today, so. Now up is number fifteen, Jarrett Thorin. Over two on the day. Didn't quite go around on that first outside pitch. One and zero. Checked his swing in time. Two outs now. Runner's still at second base. He attempted to steal third just a little bit ago, but was sent back because of what was called for umpire interference. This time, Thorne fouling it off. Count is one and one with two outs. Yeah, that was a weird one. I haven't seen umpire interference in a long time. Um, And, I mean, it didn't really look like Robinson was going to be able to make the tag either way. I feel like that's where you got to be very upset if you're Corbin, right? Because... Mm -hmm. They've got they got unlucky on that last uh, the last inning with that 
ball hitting uh, ailment in the back of the head, and then there the umpire interference. It's not. It's not a hundred percent within their own, you know, reign of ability to affect those outcomes. Yeah, and I also feel like they probably score- could have scored um, Freiberger from third had he been at third when that um, pop fly was hit out to left field. This time, that driving the ball is Jared Thorne, and rounding third coming home. The throw from Whaley comes to Kuzati, but not quite in time. Short hops, and it's 5-2 to two now, as sliding in was the speedy Daniel Freiberger. It was actually a very good throw from Whaley, but it just came a little bit too late. Yeah, a really good piece of base running from um, Freiberger. Um, just unable to make the play at um, home because of because of that speed, really, that Freiberger brings to the to the table. So it didn't matter that he wasn't able to swipe third. Still finds a way back to get the run in. And now the game is 5-2, to two, four hits apiece on each side. What sets the two teams apart is their error count. Corbin with three of them on the day, UBC with just that one. Now up to bat is third baseman number 13, Maxwell Jeffrey. You know, I think that the, the umpire interference now actually benefits Corbin because if... Oh, and that's... A pass ball here as Anthony Cusati has struggled a bit. Last inning, we saw what was kind of in between a pass ball and a wild pitch. This time, a clear pass ball. Cusati just missing that one. He was lucky he was able to find it quick as temporary as momentarily he didn't actually see the baseball. Yeah, and with um, with Thorin now advancing to third, I mean... He probably wouldn't have been there um, had it not been for that umpire interference play because if um, Freiberger had scored on the pop fly, um, they would have probably been able to cut um, Thorin off at first on his hit. So a little bit of reversal of fortunes here for Corbin in the in the bottom of the seventh inning, or top of the seventh inning, rather. 5-2, to two, Windler trying to do his best to get out of this inning with minimal damage. There was one put up by the Warriors in the top of the sixth, one put up already here. Windler's probably nearing the end of his time. 3-0 count now to the number 8 batter, Maxwell Jeffrey. Yeah, Windler up to 93 pitches on the evening. Um, this will probably be his last inning. And it'd be pretty great if he could get out of it, but that's... Um, A ball four. Yeah. In four consecutive pitches. That puts Maxwell in the first. He was one for two on the day no, and brings up the number 9 hitter, number Brock Micklebust. And, I mean, at least it's the number 9 hitter. You should be able to do some... Uh, do something to get him out here um, and not have to surrender another run in this inning. If we go back to that play where Whaley threw the ball in, it was interesting. He kind of opted for the grandiose Cespedes look where he just hurled it, right? But he like yeah. avoided the cutoff man, which actually brought uh, Thorin over to second because he was able to advance all the way from first on the play. So now he's at third rather than, you know, he... Potentially just being at second. Yeah. Uh, and Cole Foley now in, uh, in pinch hitting for Brock Mickleburst, uh, the catcher, um, with this runners on the corners situa- situation, two outs. Um, Corbin Warriors down by three. Um, I think it's a good situation to put a pinch hitter in, into the box here. Here is Cole Foley. First, <coughs> first pitch ball there by Windler. Cole Foley, five foot nine, coming in at two hundred on the dot. He's a sophomore, originally from Vancouver, but not British Columbia, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, he's got um, not the best average, um, but uh, gets on base pretty, pretty effectively. Um, 
usually doesn't start the game. Only got 16 starts on the season, but seven RBIs, so he could do some damage here in in his limited um, experience. He's been pretty effective as a pinch hitter. It's the Corbin bench getting loud again as a 2-0 count becomes two and one on a close pitch. Windler. Yeah, that looked. That was low. six straight balls right up until that last pitch. There has been ball struggling. Six. Ball six. <laughs> He's been struggling though with his command. What school is it? Does that champ? I'm not sure. Isn't that Texas? It's. I think it's Texas. Longhorns. And this time throws it across. Gets a high strike over. As over at first dancing around. And it would be great if Windler is able to um, strike out the pinch hitter here and minimize the damage in this seventh inning. Dancing around is Jeffrey Maxwell, and I think Windler's. Keep taking note of that, but he really needs to, like you said, yes, focus on the hitter at hand, Cole Foley. Yeah, well, if he can get a, a third strike here and end all doubt. as And a low strike three is called. Nice. Got him looking. That'll get him out of the inning with just one run again. There was a runner that was left on first and third. And on that last pitch, it was actually Maxwell taking off for second. Thunderbirds up 5-2 to two through... Six and a half innings. And we'll see if that's it now. 97 pitches. Seven innings for Niall Windler. Just four hits, two earned runs, two base on balls. And I believe with that last strikeout, nine on the day now. Not too shabby, Niall. And you got to think, if this is their ace, though, right, for the Thunderbirds coming out... In game two, they're really going to have to bring it, whether it be James Bradwell or Brad Smith or even the occasional uh, Finnegan. But their two, th their two, three, and four pitchers are really going to have to bring it if they want to keep this this Corbin lineup in check here. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's going to be pretty important that uh, the Thunderbirds keep the momentum because I think they do have effective pitchers. I think that they can shut down this Corbin offense. Um, Windler, obviously the ace, but they've been so strong in the pitching department lately, and I think they will continue to do so. Now up at bat is number 44. It's Mitch Robinson. He's one for two on the day. He has one base on ball, and I believe he was... Yep, that's it, actually. <laughs> I thought he was one of the batters who was also hit. But it's hard to keep track when you hit three batters, and that's just that's not true. normal. It's a, a third of your lineup. <laughs> Robinson, it's 0-2 quickly on him, and swinging and missing on a beautiful off-speed pitch there from Chris Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Gets him fishing. Who's back out to finish this seventh inning? And Jackson, I mean, we've only seen three pitches of him, but they've been three pretty good pitches. Um... Maybe he's maybe he's not lost it. I mean, he did really struggle in that sixth inning, but oh, and that was that wasn't great. That was in the dirt. Fifty-five foot breaking ball there, coming into number forty-one, Braden Aylman, who's the DH today. He's zero for three on the night. Two strikeouts for him on the ledger. Not his strongest performance, but right now he proves me wrong as he <laughs> singles right back up the middle past Jackson. That'll be the Thunderbirds' fifth hit of the day. Yeah, great contact on that low fastball. And with one out here in the bottom of the seventh, the Thunderbirds hoping to do some more damage and widen this three-run lead. Thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9.
I'm Jacob Ayer, accompanied by Eric Thompson. This is CITR's first broadcast of UBC Baseball. Yeah. This and is I mean, exciting. It is exciting and a great game so far, for sure, um, to sort of inaugurate UBC Baseball and CITR as a, a pickoff move. Doesn't quite catch Jake Line from an off base. Um, I mean, and I mean, if this if this all goes well as it has been so far, we can maybe bring you some more baseball next season. Maybe the entire homestand rather than just uh, the one series. This time, off-speed pitch just misses the outside part of the plate to Austin Butler. Butler just over one on the day, does have a pair of runs scored and a base on ball. Butler was one of the people who was hit. Yes, <laughs> he he was, and uh, he came around to score, I believe. Yeah, on that same time, as he almost gets hit again. Bit of a brush back there from Jackson. Count goes to 2-0 and now. And it seems like Jackson really... I mean, it doesn't make sense to, to try and hit these batters. It just seems like his control has been off. And Eric, if you're looking, look how far back in the box Butler is. He's yeah. on the <laughs> very tip of the white line. I noticed that last time. And that's another single for uh, for the Thunderbirds here. That time through the 5.5 hole. Yeah, and Lenferman held on at second. Um, pretty good now play from the left fielder to hold him on. Nice single there from Austin Butler. And now first and second. I said five and a half old. Do you know where that term actually comes from? I do not. So Tony Gwynn of the Padres. I grew up in San Diego. He was so effective at hitting it between shortstop and third base that they actually, he kind of created a term along with the San Diego Padres broadcasters of the five and a half hole. Because that's where he would go to get his singles, like every time. And then since then, it's kind of became a, a baseball term that's used in, you know, most situations when you're able to get a knock through there. There you go. Encyclope history Encyclopedia history tidbits. <laughs> now up to the plate is Jackson Valk, over two on the day, with one run scored for him. Valk still has that lefty righty matchup. And if I'm seeing that pitch coming correctly, it looks like. It almost might be a, like a sidearm knuckle curve coming from Jackson. I'll have to take a better look at Seems that. Seems like the spin. Yeah, check out the spin on it. Count is one and one with one out, two runners on. It does have a weird sort of movement to it. It might just be a, a two seam with the, the arm angle. It might be deceptive from up at our angle, but it does look like the, the rotation's almost slowing down. Takes that one for strike two. Counts one and two now. Time is called here. The runners right now on second base, it's Ailman, and on first, it's Butler. Both these players getting singles. First, it was Ailman right up the middle as Valk fouls one off, stays alive. And then Butler able to lace one between shortstop and third. Jackson still grinding out there. This next pitch will be number 100 on the day for him. His numbers started off great. Now they're mediocre. Valk's still fighting. Six and a third. Six hits. Five runs. Four of them earned. The error was actually charged to himself. Three base on balls. Three hit batters. And five strikeouts for him so far. Yeah, and a, an eventful evening um, for, for one Chris Jackson. Um, but he seems to have sort of regained it a little bit here. I mean, he did let the It seems signals. almost ending to ending with him. Yeah. Valk doing a great job fighting to stay alive here. Yeah, huge at bat. If he three can straight foul balls. Base, yeah, <laughs> if, if he can reach base on this one, it'll be very impressive to stay alive here. I believe this will be the seventh pitch of the at bat coming up here. 
Jackson throwing. <laughs> Another ball foul. fouled off. And uh, Valk having some some maybe joking around words with the um, opposing catcher here in the in the box <laughs> as he fouls off his fourth pitch of the at bat. Ben Ross probably joking about. Can you just finish the at bat already? Yes, my knees are getting tired. There he does. And able to strike him out. Excuse me, the catcher's not Ben Ross, but rather Brock Micklebust. Ben Ross is the DH for the Warriors on the day. And now, after striking out Jackson on the eighth pitch of the at-bat, this will bring left fielder John Whaley, who had that great play earlier in the game. I believe it was Axemaker Ax who hit that ball down the left field line. Yeah, it was. It was Axemaker. And um, Whaley able to deal with it very effectively and save what would have been extra bases. Whaley, 0 for 1 on the day, one run scored, a base on ball, one uh, that one at-bat where he wasn't able to reach was a strikeout, and he was also one of the hit batters on the day. 1-0 here, two outs, runner still on second. Jackson, nearing 110 pitches on the day. This will be his 109th, yeah. Now, almost gets it through the five and a half hole. Goes halfway to his knees and makes the throw across the diamond. Jeffrey, or rather Maxwell Jeffrey of the Corbin Warriors. Nice play there to end the inning. And gets his pitcher, Chris Jackson, out through seven. And that's got to be his, uh, his evening over now. You'd have to imagine. Well, like I mentioned, their relief really is not as strong as the Thunderbirds, so they rely a lot more on their strong. Their starters, I think, at least from a statistical standpoint, are better overall because they have more depth in their rotation. However, the Thunderbirds, who seem to not have opted for the relief squad yet, Oh, wow. Yeah, As it's Kyle Windler back out. Back out. Um, his pitch count also quite high, up at around 102 right 102, now. 102, they're pushing him, yeah. Both teams wanting this first game win. The standings, if we're looking at them. Yeah, U UBC comfortably in in um, in second. A series win over Corbin by any margin, um, whether it be a 3-1 or a sweep, would pretty effectively secure um, a playoff spot over Corbin for the Thunderbirds. Yes and no. Currently, because... The Thunderbirds have played one more series than Corbin. Yeah, but just like the, the ability to hand out losses right. to the team that's right. chasing them. If they can win the series, like there'll still be a chance that Corbin overtakes right. them, but it's very low odds. Like this is a very important series for both teams. UBC's currently sitting at 15 and 9, 625 winning percentage on the year. After what really looked like it was gonna be a rather dismal year for them. They found their stride in this home stretch after this beautiful new field was built, went eleven and two. Whereas in their last eight, Corbin has dropped six. They're 11-9 in the NAIA West. And they are currently just two games behind. We'll see what they can do here. Yeah, a series win would open up that to um, at, at, at most, like or at least like four. And a pretty bad control from Windler here. Um, had one almost at the knees of uh, current batter Ebert. And then one way outside. We'll see if he can regain his control, but... Um, we might have to see some relief come in for the Thunderbirds. Windler able to find the strike zone there. Two and one the count now. Yeah. And is the top of the lineup for Corbin. It's what they really need right now to get going. Through seven complete. We're now in the top of the eighth. Five to two Thunderbirds. UBC with six hits on a day as another wild pitch from Corbin there. Is corralled by Kuzadi. Excuse me, from Windler there. It's corralled by Kuzadi. Did you, did you call him Corbin? I did call him Corbin. <laughs> It's kind of a guy's name. I can see it in there. This one finds the strike zone. 
And he's been very hit or miss with these pitches so far. Bit all over the place. And on the other end for Corbin, just two runs, four hits, but those devastating three errors, which have really cost them this game. And did he check his swing there? He did, yeah. It's gonna take he's gonna take his base there. Um it almost looked like he went he went around. Kuzadi pointed down the first first base umpire awarded him the bag as he said he didn't complete his swing. Yeah, it did look like he was just able to hold up and not, you know, break the plane of the plate. It's, but see that's that's one of the most interesting things from my umpiring background. I always thought the, the check the, swing. The objectivity of the check right, swing. Right, because it's like, oh, did the batter break his hands? It's is it obje- it's subjective almost like sorry yeah that's what I meant I meant to say sub- subjectivity because it's some different umpires have different like you know ideas of what constitutes a check swing it's almost like the goalie interference controversy in in the NHL currently is that different like from day to day umpires can have different interpretations of right. what is a check swing and it's so subjective most people say most umpires can agree and what is actually written in the rule book is that when the batter breaks their hands right. Or breaks breaks the plane breaks at the, the front plane of, the, of the of the plate. Yeah. But the way that it's easiest to judge is if you see the wrist actually start to commit to the pitch, right? So that's how it's actually judged most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're actually because they're, you can be beyond the plate but not have your wrist break if you're like leaning forward, right? If you think about it that way. In in the MLB rulebook, there actually isn't a designation for what constitutes a check swing. Really? It just says a check swing is when the batter checks his swing. Huh. Which um, leaves it completely up to interpretation on the on the part of the first base umpire. Well, checkmate. Thank you for that answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm I mean, I no. I mean, I've I'm never umpired MLB. Well, I mean, I'm assuming under <laughs> under an AIA which uses NCAA rules, there's a little bit of a more defined answer for what constitutes a check swing. Now one and one. As. Josh Ebert made it over to first yeah, on just a walk. The, just the second leadoff man to um, reach base for the Warriors in this one. That was his third walk of the day for Windler. And now the count is one and two against Ethan Bragg. The problem with Ebert being over at first is that he leads all of Cascadia Conference and steals at 21. Yeah, and look at that leadoff. <laughs> he's, he's got a solid 10-foot lead over there, and he's inching. You can see his feet pattering around pondering whether he should go or not at this stage in the game you got to think down five to two it's probably not in the best interest as Kuzadi races over but the ball will be out of play that hit something <laughs> Kuzadi's good behind the plate defensively oh absolutely and you, sure he made that error earlier but you, I don't think even if you are ever in this situation you really want to test it because he's that they need base runners they don't need one run at this point mm-hmm. yeah they need um they need sustained pressure and um sort of you know, multi like multi RBI hits and things like that. That you're not gonna really manufacture a run with any sort of like that's not gonna help if you can you know steal a couple bases and bunt a guy home or something. Count now up to two and two. That pitch high and wide. Ethan Bragg on the day, the right fielder, just one for three. Does have a strikeout, but he also has a run batted in. One of their two runs batted in on the day. The pitch count. It's creeping. It's it's almost getting up to that uh, 110 mark that we saw um, Jackson reach. I believe that's number 109, actually, for Windler. 109 pitches on the day, nine strikeouts. Better stat line for Windler than for Chris Jackson. Three base on balls, two earned runs, four hits, seven complete, hoping to make it seven and a third, if not more. As he faces Bragg right now. And just the one extra base hit surrendered by, by Windler. By both teams. Yeah. 
And I think that's why Jackson's been able to stay in the game. And it hasn't been monster gappers or true, you know, cr- crushing homers on the side of the Thunderbirds. Yeah, but it's pretty impressive to score five runs with. And that's going to be another base on balls. Another base on balls here for Niall Windler as first and second are now occupied. We'll see what the UBC bench does and it i indeed it I is going to be it's the end of the night for for windler yeah and we can yeah, see the manager coming out to the plate um for or to the mound rather to um sort of end the night for for windler but he's had a really good performance um as he gets the ball from manager chris pritchett um coming off the field and and what a performance from Niall Windler um honestly a perfect through four no hitter through five um seven plus innings pitched on the day nine yeah, strikeouts nine strikeouts he's he against this lineup against the Corbin one of, one of the best offensive teams in the conference easily um and uh I mean just it's been a really good game for the from the Thunderbirds perspective um and as you mentioned, the relievers for Thunderbirds a lot stronger than for the Warriors. So um, this is somewhere where they have a really big advantage. And, and right now, it's not just any reliever. It's Pat Vandebrink coming in for the Thunderbirds. He is, I think, by far their best relief pitcher. Yeah, I mean, he had those that big 5-down five, five to close out the game, their, their last game against LC. You want to hear some dominant numbers? I do. 2-4-5 ERA. Nice. Through 22 innings pitched, 28 strikeouts. He's averaging over 10 strikeouts per nine. That's a that's a pretty good K per nine. And his batting average against is 151. That's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, uh, Mr. Vandenbrink. And he's accurate too. Only seven base on balls through those 22 innings. And he has uh, four of the team's six saves this season. This is a technical extended save situation, actually. Coming in with two runners on, five to two. If he can go two innings, we'll see what they try and push him to do. It would be a, a two inning, a two inning save performance for Vandebrink. This isn't an easy situation though, as he has to go through the heart of this Corbin order. Number three, first baseman Drew Loria up, followed by Ben Ross, the designated hitter, Freiberger, and then Andrew Axemaker. They've kept these four quiet collectively on the day, just one for 11, all these players. Thanks to Niall Windler. What a pitching performance. Great, great outing. Um, Obviously, just such such an interesting game to watch. Um, with the differences between the two pitchers. Um, and now Vandenbrink in to, um, as, as you said, get that um, long extended save. Um, the two runners on the responsibility of, of Niall Windler, but, um, and with no outs as well, this is going to be a tough uh, tough jam to get out of for Vandenbrink. It's Loria back at the plate now. First pitch is a ball here, 1-0. That Corbin bench sting nice and loud, trying to rattle the Thunderbirds players as Vandenbrink tries to get out his starter from this jam. Left him with a runner on first and second. Current 5-2 lead. Vandenbrink taking his time and stepping off the mound. Drew Loria, that 330 batting average, 477 slugging. He has some power. Playing first base today. And this time, Loria grounds it to second, moving to his right. 
Set shortstop, that's McComb, but back to first, he can't get in time. And they're going to call it on the double play on the interference with the uh, with the slide from the, the runner going into second. They said that McComb was halted by, I believe that was Ethan Bragg on the play, slowing him down. And you could see right away Anthony Olsen, uh, the second baseman for the Thunderbirds, was frustrated with the call. He kind of was, you know mouthing something to himself probably yeah. words that we're not allowed to repeat on air it's it's not it's it's watershed hours so <laughs> um yeah uh definitely was interfered with on the slide but a break for the thunderbirds yeah second interference call that they've gotten one was on the umpire that's not up to them this was on corbin yeah and i mean i think that's the right call um he was never going to get into second um the throw was way ahead of him and he still slid um interfered with the the play of olsen and yeah that's a uh, that's interference and especially they've been calling that a lot more stricter in, in recent years. Right. Ever so. since, I believe it was Chase Utley used to come in really hard into the bag. And he kind of yeah. started that whole, <laughs> you're not allowed to go in. And then, you know, Jose trickle, trickles, down, trickles down from the MLB level. And then, yeah, it gets, gets put into NAIA and NCAA ball. Now up to the play is Ben Ross as Vandenbrink blows one by him for the first strike. That, w- that had He comes heat. in with some, oh, yeah. some heat. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Ben Ross has... If you Is there any scouts? Let's look for the. Uh, <laughs> let's look for I, the. Uh, I, I can see one down there. <laughs> um, no, no radar gun though. Um, Vandenbrink, um, and again a great pitch. Ben Ross has just been completely unable to get anything going today. Um, hasn't gotten a hit. Hasn't gotten on base. And he, you, if you look at his body language, he just looks so frustrated right now. Ben Ross currently up at the plate. So far, zero for three on the day. This one skips. Nice block there by Kuzati. And the count is one and two. Now with two outs on third base, it's Ebers. Not really able to use in speed unless he decides to steal home here. Well, I mean, we've seen that a couple of times in, in recent weeks, um, both from UBC baseball and UBC softball. So maybe. It's not like it can't happen. Vandenbrink deals to the plate and... That was that barely was staying alive is Ross. Big emergency cut there. Didn't really want to swing, but wasn't sure if that was going to cross the plate or not. Ross, so far, two strikeouts on the day and three ABs, hoping to avoid the uh, hat trick. One, two. Vandenbrink eats him up on the inside part of the plate. Valk handles the ball well on a slow dribble over to first. And the Thunderbirds get out of the ending unscathed. Beautiful job there by Vandenbrink. And a bit of a bit of a break there on that double turn interference call. Yeah, for sure. And the double play interference call. Yeah, and uh, the night is over Four now for Chris Jackson. It seems that number 34, Os... Excuse me. After seven and a half, yeah, it's number 34. Thunderbirds five, Warriors two. <laughs> What's interesting? I don't is see a number thirty-four. Thirty-four on this isn't on the roster. Who who is this? We've got a ringer out in <laughs> out on the mound for the well for the Cornell University Warriors. If I had to take any guesses, I would assume it would probably be Austin Holmes. It's a it's a it's a righty though, Jacob. Uh, this is true. It might be Jonathan Rusimano. <laughs> Rusimano, maybe just wearing a different jersey. I mean, it could be anyone. 
He's not 6'4", so it's either Rusamano or Bowser. Corbin is Here. And it is Stottlemyre. All right, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> well, um, he's he's listed as number 47 on the lineup card, um, so I don't know, maybe a, maybe a wardrobe malfunction from, uh, <laughs> from Mason. We weren't given the update, but thanks for bearing with us through there. Mason Stottlemyre on the mound. Right-handed pitcher coming in at 6'1", 176, originally from Lacey, Washington. Posting a 2.84 ERA and four appearance, only four appearances, holding opponents to 143. Yeah, that's, I mean... It's what you need right now. Yeah, you want to get some zeros up on the board so that you can sort of maybe come back in these last two innings, or... My apologies. Corbin only has one more shot at uh, offense in this game. Bottom of the eighth. Now up to bat is number five here as we have a... Anthony Olsen. Excuse me, yes. <laughs> as it's Anthony Olsen. All these numbers coming at me at once here. Anthony Olsen so far on the day. One for three, two RBIs, and one run scored for him. Olsen right back up where it came from. He put a charge in that. Singles up the middle. I'll get Thunderbirds a leadoff base runner here. Now, now bringing Kyle McComb, the shortstop, to the plate. McComb so far on the day, 0 for 2. McComb was the other guy who got pegged, hey? Yeah, he was. Um, and I think he also came around to score. Um, no technical run on his scorecard yet. Oh, okay. Runner on first is Anthony Olsen. Kyle McComb is up. It's a 5-2 lead as a beautiful bunt is dropped down third He's gonna base line. He's going to reach. No throw. Great bunt from McComb. Charging was Maxwell Jeffrey, but he was unable to get the playoff as it was a beautifully placed bunt there from Kyle McComb. Kuzadi, who had that huge... Um, single right back up the middle the earlier. single that scored two and busted this game wide open. Um, we'll see if he can do some more damage with, again, two runners on base. You are listening to CITR 101.9. It's Jacob Bear accompanied by Eric Thompson today. The UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Corbin University Warriors. 5-2 to two lead here from Thunderbird Park in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Bit of an overcast day, but Thunderbirds not minding. Holding a three-run lead here in the bottom of the eighth. Runners on first and second. And the leadoff hitter for the Thunderbirds, Anthony Cusati, stepping up to the plate. He drops down his own bunt. We'll see what the pitcher does. He dishes over to first. Successful sacrifice there by Cusati. Advances McComb and Olsen over to second and third. Interesting choice to have Cusati bunt um, with, uh, with no outs and two runners on, but um, certainly effective, and they can hope to cash in the two runners in scoring position with um, a big play from Jake Lanferman at the plate. I think Lanferman and then, of course, Robinson coming up later is why they decided to go for that. Mitch Robinson, one of the best UBC RBI guy on the team. And Lanferman, the two-hitter, able to is. find the five-and-a-half hole. We'll see if they send him. Indeed they do, but they end up holding him at third. As a wild Aaron throw, probably could have sent him anyways. But earlier they tested the left fielder, and he actually came up with a pretty decent throw. Yeah. That's Jared Thorne in left. Robinson here on with one out. Um, two runners on, runners at the corners. Um, RBI there for Jake Lamferman. Yeah, it's now 6-2 Thunderbirds um, in the bottom of the eighth here. Um, and Vandenbrink up to pitch in the next inning. Um 
It's looking pretty good right now for the Thunderbirds. This is game one of a doubleheader. We'll be about a 45-minute lull between games. We'll come back to you guys for game two action as a bit of a spaghetti pickoff move, faking a third <laughs> and then going back to first. UBC isn't phased. Jake Lamferman knowing exactly what was happening on that play. Mitch Robinson standing at the play. He stands far back in that box too, his foot taking up all of that vinyl back white chalk line or the fake white chalk line on this AstroTurf field. Spray-painted chalk line. Just one out here. The pitcher, as Jake Lamferman goes for second, he's in, he's there. in there safe. Good jump for him. The pitcher is Mason Stottlemyre. We're wearing a new number. <laughs> Not the usual 47, but 34 here today. He's a right-hand pitcher. Originally from Olympia, they're gonna, Washington. They're going to award the base to Mitch Robinson here. I believe that was an intentional walk. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot they don't have to actually to throw, throw it, it anymore. anymore. Yeah. So with Lamferman stealing... I don't like that rule, Jacob. The Corbin, <laughs> the Corbin Warriors opt to walk the solid Mitch Robinson over to first. And this brings up Braden Ailman, who has some pop in his bat, is one for four on the day, does have a pair of strikeouts... First pitch will be fouled off, and it's an 0-1 count now to Ailman. That'll send the kids running for the toonie. In my interview that I had with Anthony Cusati, he was praising Ailman, and it was just talking about how great it is to not only just be... He likes catching the best. They're actually roommates, the two of them. Oh, yeah. But he was just saying Ailman is such a talent because he is such a dual athlete. And he dominates on the mound, too, as we saw in that we mentioned. The game the, uh, LC, yeah, for sure. Um, five innings, nine Ks. Yeah. 0-2 here quickly, though. It fouls off the first two pitches. That was his first start of the season, correct? And he sort of... First start of the season. Sort of just completely nailed it. Yeah. Um, in, in, Had done, this in is his such first, an important game. And this is his first year pitching, too, is what Anthony was telling me. Kuzadi, that is. Not Olsen. <laughs> 0 2 the pitch comes. Ailman finds a gap. And we'll see how many Thunderbirds are able to score on this play. I think they're going to get all three. Oh, no. They're holding them on. They're going to hold Robinson at third. Two runners on the play come in to score. It was a long single there for Braden Ailman. As this game has all of a sudden became 8-2 to two for the UBC Thunderbirds. Yeah, and I mean, just an excellent, excellent piece of hitting there to uh, drop it right into the gap between uh, right and center. Um, Ailman, I believe that's his first hit of the... Oh, no, it's his second hit of the evening. Two for two for five on the day. Um, as Valk comes in. Valk, 0 oh, for three now. Um, as well as Lamferman. Oh, sorry, it's Austin Butler. Um, one for two. With, uh, with a walk and a hit by pitch. Butler takes strike one. Oh, one the count. Runners on the corners here. At third is Mitch Robinson. And over at first is... Braden Ailman, who just drove in two. He's playing DH today here. We'll see maybe if he'll get a starting nod, whether it be later today or tomorrow, for the official grand opening at Thunderbird Park. It's a bit late. If you haven't <laughs> been, come and check it out. It's gorgeous. Yes, it is. For, this is the 14th game here. <laughs> but it's getting done before the season's over, as it's 0-2 now with one out. Gorgeous park. Fans in ample attendance here today. 
Sitting on deck is Jackson Valk as he looks on to Austin Butler. Paces a 0-2 count. Take that ball high from Stottlemyre. Brings the count to 1-2. and two. Before this outing, Stottlemyre's ERA was minuscule. Under 3. It was actually at 2.84. He was holding opponents to 143 average. Not the case here through 0.1 of an inning. He's going to second. We'll see if he gets in there. It's a bang-bang play. But called out at second is Austin Butler. And it was also a ball just inside on the pitch. Yeah, I don't know about the decision to steal there. Um, I mean, I guess with uh, with eight and two count or eight and two lead for the lead, Thunderbirds, lead, like the six run lead. Um, but it sort of seemed like an inopportune time to try and grab an extra base. Now with two outs, make it three on the two two count. Austin Butler swings and misses at a changeup. That will bring. Up the Corbin Warriors for their last time in this first game, the doubleheader here today. Yeah, and with Vandenbrink on the mound, it's going to have to be a very good inning from from the Warriors to make up this six-run deficit. Later on in game two, and actually in between games, we're going to be celebrating the seniors here. And there's quite a few of them on this UBC roster. Kyle McComb, the shortstop. Anthony Olsen, the second baseman. Daniel Koo, who is a pitcher from Abbotsford. We haven't seen him out in today's game. Brad Smith, one of the starters. Anthony Kuzati behind the dish. This is basically the whole lineup. Justin Orton, another second baseman. Pitcher Christian Botnick, Braden Ailman, and Mitch Robinson. All in their final years here for the Thunderbirds. Celebrations for these seniors will happen in between games. They are actually bringing out Nick Verdo for the save now. Number 45. So they opt to stick with Vandenbrink for just the eighth. Verdo coming out. Nick Verdo. We haven't gotten too much of a look at Nick Verdo this season. Um, right, uh, right hand pitcher stands at solid 6'4, 228. Just his sophomore year from Brampton, Ontario. Yeah, Verdo with limited appearances so far here in the season. Yeah, I guess they feel comfortable sending him out with the uh, with the six-run lead. Um, Nick Verdo has just had a few at bats, but from the pitching standpoint, eight point two innings pitched. Um, not again, not uh, not a huge amount of um, game time so far this year. Nine point three five ERA, not too pretty. Well, I'm I'm assuming that they feel pretty comfortable with the six run lead enough to maybe get some reps in for this guy because they do see something in him. Right. On a positive note, he does have eight strikeouts through that the how many innings was it? Eight point two. Yes. Averaging almost nine per nine. And 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 is able to hold batters to a low one seventy two batting average. So yeah. Maybe got a little lucky. Got tattooed for a few homers here and there. He's he's actually only given up uh, three extra base hits all season. So Nick Verdo now on for the Thunderbirds, number 25. And now up to bat for the Corbin Warriors is shortstop Daniel Freiberger. So far on the day, one for two, one strikeout, and one walk. Foul I, ball here. I, I think the issue with Verdo um, so far has been his um, his walks, um, issuing 11 in those 8.2 innings pitched. Um, 
But he should be able to keep that under control here with uh, a low-pressure situation. I think when you're letting up more walks than strikeouts, that's never a good thing. No, it's not. You need to go do some control training with the bullpen and pitching coaches, Well, right? I think this is his practice. Um, I mean, they obviously feel comfortable with this, the six-run lead. Thunderbirds holding on to that 8-2 lead here as a strike is dealt 0-2 now to Daniel Freiberger. Ten hits on the day for the T-Birds. Two of them coming from Aylman and Olsen. We just saw Aylman actually bring in two on his last uh, long single as that will be a hit batter and right that's there may, for And that's maybe the control Verdo. issue that we discussed with Verdo um, with those 11 walks over 8.2 innings pitched and. Um, that's his ninth hit by pitch in those 8.2 innings pitched as well. So now that brings Andrew Axemaker, Andrew one of the best hitters in the Cascadia Collegiate Conference, up to the plate. Today, though, 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Yeah. Talk I, about limiting greatness. Yeah, both Ben Ross, um, another big um, offensive player, and Axemaker have been just completely shut down by the Thunderbirds pitching staff, and that one came in with some heat. Axemaker going after the first pitch he sees. He liked it, but he fouled it off. Count is 0 and 1. Right now, the Corbin Warriors just hoping to get some base runners on. It's a long climb back if they're trying to keep this game alive here. Three errors on the day really cost them early on. This time, Axemaker rolls over. McComb gives it to Olsen and on the way over to Valk. Nice 6-4-3 double play there. And two outs are quickly recorded here in the ninth. Verdo getting rid of that first hit batter immediately. Jarrett Thorne into bat now with the... Corbin Warriors down to their final out of the evening. Um, he's going to have to make something happen. Just one for three on the day. Does have one of the two RBIs for Corbin. First pitch here from Verdo. Nice and tight. A little brush back. He's still crowding the plate, though. A batter isn't going to change his positioning based upon how a pitcher delivers. He'll just say, okay, hit me. I'll get on base. Well, maybe, maybe that's the case with Nick Verdo <laughs> and his nine hit by pitch over uh, nine innings. One and one is the count with two outs here. Top of the ninth inning. Scoreboard reading just two runs, four hits, and three errors right now for the Corbin Warriors. Verdo dealing and fouled off to the third base side from Jarrett Thorin. That'll bring the, the Warriors down to their final strike of this afternoon. One and two the count. Verdo. Trying to finish things off for game one here at UBC. One, two, the count. Rolls it over to Mitch Robinson at third. Robinson on the move. Throws it over to Jackson Valk. And game one is wrapped up. Eight to two, UBC Thunderbirds. A fantastic pitching performance from Niall Windler here today. We saw nine Ks over seven plus innings. And from... An offensive perspective, Braden Aylman really adding a little insult to injury, but we saw a nice job by Anthony Cusati earlier in the game. It was it was a full-team performance on an offensive front. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone getting involved. Um, just one. Everyone except John Whaley, who started the game, uh, got a hit in the evening. So just a really good all-around performance um, eight, from the Thunderbirds. Eight runs, ten hits, and one error on the side of the UBC Thunderbirds. We are going to take a break in between games one and two. Again, it is senior day. Got to appreciate all those great Thunderbirds that make up this, the large majority of this Thunderbird roster. I'm Jacob Ayer and Eric Thompson. You're listening to CITR Sports coverage of UBC Baseball. We're at brand new Thunderbird Park. Tomorrow will be the opening day. Thank you for listening in, and we'll be back in around 30 minutes 
to 45. We just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca.
The Crane Library is looking for student volunteers to record textbooks for those who cannot use print at the university. If you are a UBC student who is computer literate with an ability to read university material aloud and you have a willingness to learn new techniques, we ask for a two-hour commitment once a week. For additional information and to set up an edition, call 604-822-6114 or email crane.volunteer at ubc.ca. There's a box of old memories I can't throw away Handwritten letters and photos from birthdays One makes us willing to risk everything One makes a good heart go wandering If you ask
Sit back, smoke a little weed. Scratch that, I'm at the whole of Z. I'm just chill my dome a week. Maybe that'll help, right? Wrong, it just makes it weak. Battle anything, head on the don't stop. Till your legs drop and you're so tired from the pain that maybe your heart stops. You don't want to be brought back, but the pain level tops off and drops. Bring you back to yourself and the world applauds. You gotta move past the shit and trust someone. Think of that shit before you bust someone. Or you wanna pop a Xanax and you're ashamed and it's established. Freedom from addiction is more than just a phrase. Freedom from addiction brings us some better days. Happiness and honesty is what they always promised me. But living clean and sober always seemed to fucking bother me. You know who's on deck. I'm complex. Your kids is making nursery rhymes. We making bomb threats. We wanted like Saddam's head. These whack cats acting like they break bread, break bread, huh? Walking in the nighttime looking for crime. A dirty motherfucker, man, I lost all my shine. Fell off the path like a car that has crashed. I was robbing motherfuckers so the pain wouldn't last. Life had me messed up, looking for the best stuff. Trying to find that good down, but I couldn't fess up. It is what it is. I roll the fatty and just get ripped. Phone ringing like a hotline that just got tipped. You're falling off a call that a sunken ship. I planted in the shit like I'm taking the hit. But not the heroin or cocaine flicks. Catch me hitting blunts with the fresh tap to itch. Used to walk those bad trails, hitting them rails. Sad tales and dope sales, man, everybody fails. Gotta live your life better. Be a go-getter. Work a normal job and watch your life come together. The feeling is a blessing. You taught yourself a lesson. That using drugs is not the way to take out your regression. You gotta stand strong and you gotta stand firm. These lessons that we learned is something we truly earned.
This is Sab Gray from Iron Cross. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, Canada.
You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. If you appreciate future bass, grime, footwork, dubstep, halftime, trap, sexy bassy dance music, then join us on Friday, May 13th at the Imperial with international talent Thelum and Aztec, plus locals Talmala, Michael Red, and Barley. Search The Deeps on Facebook for details.
Hello and welcome in. This is Jacob Ayer sitting beside Mr. Eric Thompson. Hello, hello. We are broadcasting some UBC Thunderbirds baseball. We're CITR Sports and this is the first time we're doing this, so thank you all so much for tuning in. If you were listening earlier, it was game one of this doubleheader today here on Saturday. A a much warmer game than the one we're about to have. Yeah, it's it's starting to get a little more overcast. The sun was peeking through before, but now it's... It's really getting kind of chilly. The lineup cards for today are looking as such. Leading off for Corbin is going to be Ebert, who led off last game as well. Batting second is Bragg. Bragg will be occupying right, Ebert in center. Drew Loria will be at first base. Ben Ross will be the DH. Daniel Freiberger will be shortstop. Andrew Axemaker, one of the best hitters in the Cascadia Collegiate Conference, is batting sixth, playing second. Jarrett Lauren in left field first. The catcher, now Cole Foley, substituted from last game, is batting eighth. And Maxwell Jeffrey finishing up ninth. Ryan Luchuk will be the pitcher today. Yeah, Ryan Luchuk, um, probably the... uh the inning eater of the starters that the Corbin University Warriors um, have. He's got the worst ERA on the team among starters. Uh, 508, though, not horrible. Um, he, he is fourth in the entire conference in strikeouts, but also um, has given up the most hits among all Warriors pitchers and 22 extra base hits. Um, he does have a 4-2 and two record, though, among 10 starts with um, four uh, no decisions. Um, his last start, he won 5-4 over Oregon Tech through actually a complete game. Uh, but did give up six hits and four earned runs. Struck out eight over the complete game. On the Thunderbirds side, on the Thunderbirds side rather, the starting lineup looks rather similar, but just a bit of position changes. Leading off is Anthony Cusati, who's now going to be playing the DH here today. Batting second is right field Jake Lamferman. Third is going to be Mitch Robinson at third base. First base cleanup spot is going to be Jackson Valk. Batting fifth is left field John Whaley. Number six. In the lineup is center fielder Austin Butler, who drove in a few runs there in the eighth inning of game one. Batting seventh is catcher Zach Prishak. Nope. <laughs> Zach, let me try the name one more time. Prishak. Prishak. There you go. Zach Prishak. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. And he will be the catcher today. Batting eighth will be Justin Orton, the second baseman, and ninth will be Kyle McComb. Pitching today will be Jack Caswell of the Thunderbirds. Caswell is one of the main uh, pitchers, but usually out of the pen for the Thunderbirds. This is actually his first start. Yeah, he has been decent, though. 5.4 ERA in relief. Um, uh, his, uh, he's got 18 strikeouts over 20 innings of work, so a decent clip there. 8.1 per nine. Not 8.1 bad. 8.1 per nine. Um, a one-and-one one record in terms of decisions. Um, he's gotten into um, a, a, a few games, but like mo- mostly, um, mostly in middle innings uh, relief roles. Um, this, so yeah, his first start of the season, we'll see what he can do in sort of a longer outing. 
It should be interesting. Jack Caswell, big guy, standing at 6'3", 200 pounds. And him, him taking on Ryan Lushak in the first game. A real pitcher's duel in the first game. It was a game. complete pitcher's duel between Niall Windler. Well, well, until until the fourth inning when it sort of broke bad right. for, the, for the Corbin Warriors. Yeah, um, pitching for the Warriors was uh, number 16, Chris Jackson, who had an up-and-down game. It really depended on which inning you saw Jackson. He looked like he could be... You know, a dominant ace one inning and then the next ending. Yeah, gives for up sure. four runs, for sure. few and hit it would, batters. Go back and forth. Yeah, there was that uh, the two hit batters in the one inning, and he ended up um, conceding four runs in that inning. Um, but then you look at other innings where he just you know three up three down and looked absolutely unhittable. So it's really going to depend here. Thunderbirds won that first game eight to two, uh, ten hits for the Thunderbirds. What really hurt the Warriors was their errors three of them on the day and they got a bit unlucky on a few different plays yeah there wasn't a couple interference calls there was an umpire interference um actually on um on Daniel Freiberger heading into third base he was very unhappy about that um there was a defensive actually um a play where uh the first baseman threw the ball and it hit the runner advancing to second in the head so he was able to advance yeah that was Loria and I think it hit uh Alleman in the back of the head it was Alleman yeah um er Austin Butler? Austin Butler. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Austin Butler got hit in the head with a, a pitch. He looked okay um, and did come around to score. But yeah, just a really weird game, um, both offensively offensively and defensively from Corbin. Got unlucky, had a few errors, uh, booted a couple easy ground balls, um, and that was enough to turn the tides, and they lost the game by six runs. And we're going to see what they can do here in game two. While we were off air and you guys were listening to some wonderful music provided by CITR and our in-studio awesome companion and great work compadre, Liz <laughs> Wang, she was putting on the tunes for you guys. Um, but what was happening was actually the Senior Appreciation Day here. And I kind of went through it during game one. But for those of you who weren't here, who weren't turned into CITR 101.9 earlier, um, I'll give you a quick list. There's a lot of seniors on this and, graduating and mostly, Thunderbird team. It's mostly their entire starting lineup. Which right. Is, which Kyle is McComb at short, Anthony Olsen at second. They do have Daniel Koo, who doesn't get too much action, but Brad Smith, a pitcher. You got Anthony Kuzati, who's whether he's at, you know, catcher, DH, second, third, or even short, integral Utility part man. of the lineup. Justin Orton, second baseman. Botnick, who's a pitcher. Braden Alleman and Mitch Robinson. I believe John Whaley as well um, at a left field. And Whaley. Um, That's correct. So, yeah, just so much of the starting lineup. It's going to be really interesting next season when we hopefully bring you more games to see what the lineup looks like because there's going to be so much turnover. But, I mean, you look at some of the rookies like uh, Jackson Valk has been just absolutely excellent um, in, uh, in, in the time that we've seen him so far this year. Uh, I mean... There's Nolan Weger who had that really big uh, pinch hit outing um, in the, in the last game, um, but it's it's gonna be a little terrifying, honestly, to see what happens when when so much of this team graduates um, this fall or this spring, rather. We there is promise though in the likes of Jake Lamferman last game went two for four, uh, but, but next year is gonna be his last year too. So they've only got one, one year left. True, to him. they gotta they gotta start working with a lot of the younger players on the team like Valk, right? Yeah, and I mean That's Austin, where they're gonna Austin Butler is in his second year. He's been outstanding as well. Um, Windler's, um, who had such a dominant pitching performance, he's in second year, so they'll still have him. Vandenbrink, the reliever, they've still got a year left on his uh, eligibility. In last game, what was most effective, I think, as the Thunderbirds look like they're about ready to take the field here, and uh, we have, I believe that's Josh Ebert, 
uh, warming up right now in the on-deck circle uh, for the Corbin Warriors is that they were able to limit some of the best players to really minimize their offensive outputs. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Ross had a really, really difficult time hitting against any of the Axe Maker went 0 for 4. Axe Maker 0 for 4. I don't think Ben Ross got a hit either. Yeah, um, Ross 0 for 4. Uh, Axe Maker 0 for 4. They limited Ebert to 0 for 3. Bragg got on just once. So by keeping a lot of these players who aren't only good at the dish, but also very good on the base paths yeah. off, they were able to get the best opportunity to win. And we saw what would, ha what would happen when those base runners got on. Daniel Freiberger had some excellent base path work um, in the in the one time he did Really, on, so. he swiped third. I mean, it just got called back. He yeah. beat he beat the throw. By, by some distance as well. Yeah. He's, he's a speedy player, and if he can get on, he could manufacture some runs, cause some damage. Um, it's not going to be an easy outing um, in this in the second game of this doubleheader, but this is this is I, I can't overstate enough the importance of this series. If UBC wins this series, either three to one or four to nothing, they will almost not not officially, but they will almost wrap up a playoff spot, um, which is just so important, especially after the horrible start that this team had. Right, with that last win, uh, just you know, 20 minutes ago, now UBC is sitting at 16 and nine record in the NAIA West. Still in that second spot behind Lewis and Clark, but moving one game further ahead of the uh, Corbin Warriors here. Yeah, and of course with uh, Lewis Clark um, hosting the the playoff series as they always do, um, they don't actually get involved in the playoffs until the 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 NAIA championships. So the second spot effectively is the first spot, um, and that's the spot they'll be looking to wrap up here. Um, in this series. And we'll be bringing you those games tomorrow too as we see whether or not UBC can pull off the series win. Um, yes. And tomorrow, in addition, today was Senior Day where they congratulate and thank the all the graduating seniors who contribute to the UBC baseball program. But tomorrow is the official opening day of UBC Park, of Thunderbird Park, excuse me, here at UBC. That'll be great. The turnout for today's game is already pretty good. I would say 100 to 150, if not more, people in the crowd right now. And the quality of baseball is really good as we're about set to get underway here. It seems that Jack Caswell is warmed up and is ready for his first start of the season. And it, now it is Josh Ebert stepping into the box, trying to do a bit better than he did last game and find a way on base so that he can get himself into scoring position. I'm Jacob Ayer, and I'm accompanied by Eric Thompson. You're listening to CITR Sports coverage of UBC Baseball. And that is the first pitch of the day, and we are underway here a bit at of a, Thunderbird Park. A bit of a Bronx cheer on that uh, way outside pitch from the from the Corbin bench. The bench on the Corbin side has a light chirp throughout that first game. They've been very animated as that one's in there for a strike one and one count. He does sort of have the delivery of a reliever. Just direct into the point, nothing flashy comes. Mostly from the, he's coming from the stretch right now, mm -hmm. out there on the bump. Nothing flashy, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far into this game he'll be able to get. Obviously, he's more experienced with just relief uh, appearances. Doesn't have a huge amount of innings pitched on the season. Right, only twenty. Exactly. Total. So, so we'll see. I mean, if he puts in more than five here today, that'll be more than a quarter of his entire season. Absolutely. But I mean, it has to be said, if he does need to come out early, the Thunderbirds are stacked in the bullpen. So that shouldn't be a problem. Vanderbrink did a great job there in the eighth last game. And they, they only had him out for uh, point one of an inning. So he's pretty well uh, rested and ready to go if he needs to come out. And foul balls. Kelsey's at 2-2. I thought he did the entire eighth inning. 
no, he, got, he he didn't actually. Oh, okay. Or, I mean, I thought he got the double play and all that. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, n- not a lot of work in the in the eighth inning, regardless. Um, low pitch count and all that. Yeah. Um, exactly. He'll so he'll, he'll be he'll, fine to go he'll, for he'll for the second game. Yeah. Thunderbirds sixteen and nine now in conference. As a grounder, backhanded here by McComb at short. Long throw to first. Nice dig there by Valk. Gets the speedy Egger out at first. Yeah, that was a great stretch play by Valk to uh, pick up the throw in the turf, turf dirt. Uh, <laughs> Ebert, not Egger, excuse me. That's okay. You know where Egger's from? Uh, Michelle Egger. Michelle Egger um, from <laughs> UB, or not UBC Volleyball. Trinity from Western? I want to say Trinity Western. I want to say Trinity Western, too. I could be completely wrong. Search her up. Most aces ever. In Canada West. Yeah, we, we were commentating the game when she broke the record. In there for a strike, just to paint the outside corner. Now up to bat is number 12, Ethan Bragg. Caswell getting the first out of the game. And a drag button attempt, which is pulled back at last second. In- interesting control. Um, when, when he does pitch it in the strike zone, it's usually pretty accurate and freezes up the hitter but when when it's outside it's pretty w- well far outside this time able to get a piece of it but it should be a lazy fly ball out there to center indeed Austin Butler doing a good job to grab that ball here's Ben Ross who was absolutely snake bitten in the first this is game. actually Drew Loria Ben Ross oh, is He's on waiting speed. on deck He's on deck. he'll, he'll, uh, he'll come up to bat if, um, if Lara can reach um, but I mean, just, I don't really understand how Ben Ross, like, and he didn't even like get a, any contact. He struck out almost every time he was up there. Yeah. He was missing. Well, we were mentioning that's his biggest drawback. He's a great hitter, but he strikes out a lot. 46 strikeouts before, before last Bef- game, before the game. <laughs> I think that might, I be, think, uh, he had, he might be close to a hat now. trick. I think yeah. it was three. Yeah. And, uh, one, one ground ball out. First pitch into Drew Loria as a ball. The count is one and oh, with two outs here in the first. Thunderbirds hoping for another great pitching outing. Similar to Niall Windler as a ground ball goes out to Kyle McComb again at short this time. Fields it cleanly and sends it over to Valk for a 1-2-3 top of the first. That's familiar. Yes, sir. A very <laughs> good start again here for the UBC Thunderbirds. Windler went 7 with 9 Ks, limited the base on balls, and was able to effectively pitch around a bit of a few tricky situations where Corbin was in scoring position. On the other end, Chris Jackson of the... Of the uh, Corbin Warriors started out very well, and but, but then some major control issues developed uh, later on in the game. Three hit batters. Three hit batters. Three, a lot. Three, of walks. I think three or four walks. Yeah. It's it kind of what led to their demise. Yeah, it, it was it was mostly their sloppy play because I mean we mentioned earlier the errors and the interference plays, um, and then obviously the the hit batters as well. But now pitching on the mound for Corbin is going to be. Rylan Luchuk. He's a 6'1 senior, originally from Oregon City, Oregon. 4 and 2 and 10 starts the season. His ERA is 5.08, which is the worst um, on the team among starters, but actually ranks better than the average uh, uh, Cascadia Collegiate Conference pitcher. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, these, this is a very starter-heavy team. As you mentioned in the in the last game, their bullpen's not great, but their starters are pretty well excellent. I mean, if your worst guy's got a 5.08, you're doing all right. Leading off for the Thunderbirds, it's the designated hitter. 51 strikeouts and the second fewest walk among Corbin starters. So control hopefully should not be quite as much of an issue as it was with Chris Jackson, mm. who had great stuff. We saw a lot of movement on his pitches, but 
Simply Control got out of the way. Now stepping up is DH this game. Anthony Cusati, you played catcher last game. Cusati. Did a great job driving in two runs up the middle. Yeah, that huge um, two-run single um, really broke open the game um, and you know fired up the bench. And he was fired up on the plate. Um, you, could, you could tell by his body language. He's, uh, he's enjoying his final season here at UBC. He showed bunt and pulled back, but it's 0-1 now the count to Cusati. If you haven't had a chance, as Kuzadi calls time, check out our page on citr.ca um, slash Thunderbird Eye. We had a great interview with him. Kind of talked about his future and where he came from and where he's going. Kuzadi takes this pitch, and it's long down the left field line, but it's high and foul out of play. Would have been gone if it was fair. Um, just pulled uh, slightly left of the foul pole in, in left field. That's one thing Kuzadi has is power and lots of it he's um no stranger to the long ball um which is good because in past years he struggled a bit offensively but yeah he's sure. found he's, he's found his groove for sure this year from the batter's box absolutely that big two-run home run against lewis clark um wrapped up the series split um such an important game for them to win and he did really well the owen two pitch drops outside of the strike zone it's one and two now to kuzati and with the last game's pair of rbis he's up to 27 on the season he went two for five, and if I can do somewhat decent math, he's either batting 305 or 306 now on the season. That sounds about right. That ball is low in the dirt again, brings the count to two and two, hoping to get things started off early. It took until the bottom of the fourth until we got our first run in last game. Thunderbirds trying to break through and grab two quick wins here on this Saturday afternoon. Kuzadi can't help the cause as he chases a pitch outside of the zone for the first out of the inning. Now coming up for UBC Thunderbirds is number two, Jake Lamferman, playing right field today. He got about maybe two opportunities to field the ball. There was a lot of strikeouts and a lot of ground outs in the last game. Yeah, not a lot of fly balls. Um, and the only one that was really difficult to deal with was um, to left field, to Whaley. To Whaley, um, that's right. So uh, uh, Axemaker put that ball down yeah. deep down the left field line. Lanferman didn't really have any work to do um, on the on the defensive end in the, in the first of our two games here today. The um, 1-0 pitch comes in, and Lanferman takes a big cut at it. However, swings right through it. Count is 1-1 one one now. The one out here in the bottom of the first. UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Ooh. Corbin Warriors. And I think in Lamperman's mind, these baseballs are looking like grapefruits, but he seems to be swinging at aspirins. I think he's just... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's swinging hard up there at the he, plate he, right now. Yeah, he for sure is. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of speed coming off of uh, Luchek's pitching. Um, that one off-speed, but got him. Nice off-speed pitch there. Grab... Uh, just paints the corner, really, and gets the strikeout looking. Two quick strikeouts here, resembling what Windler was able to do for the Thunderbirds in game one. Yeah, this looks like another pitcher's duel. Um, Mitch Robinson, though, the um, the offensive leader in pretty much every category for the Thunderbirds. Up to bat now. Takes strike one on the corner. Robinson was congratulated on his great job here at UBC over the past two years. He transferred... As he grounds one softly to third, we'll see what Corbin is able to do. But both too late and missing the ball over at first is Loria. That'll be an infield single for Mitch Robinson, who has some decent speed. Yeah, um, not a great job of picking the ball out of the 
a turf dirt. <laughs> Jeffrey, Maxwell Jeffrey just not really able to get to that ball quick enough to go get Robinson. Yeah, I mean, Drew, Drew Lara gave it a decent shot with the stretch, but just completely unable to... I mean, the bounce is a little weird, obviously, because it's not actual dirt. It's, it's you know, red-painted <laughs> turf. Um, now up to bat for the Thunderbirds is Jackson Valk. Just his first year, he's one of... He is actually the only left-handed bat right now in the Thunderbird lineup. Yeah, a lot of right-handers today. Um, the entire Corbin lineup is right-handed, and just Valk as the lone left-handed starter, as he takes a big cut. We've seen that now from Valk and Lamferman. It must be that Luchuk is doing something right with the break on his balls or the yeah, speed. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's a combination of both. Like there's, there's Seems si deceiving to the hitters. There's significant vertical movement on his pitch, but there's also, um, yeah, the, the speed is really hard to pick out. Um, from the initial pitch, two and one now is that was uh, pretty outside and high. Two one count. Runner on first base is Mitch Robinson. Has a few steals on the year. We'll see what they do here early in this zero zero game. Foul ball off the inside of the bat, and now the count is two and two with two outs here. Mitch Robinson. He came over actually from. Somewhere in Arizona, I wanted to say it's uh, Central Arizona College or was Central, that? yeah, Central Arizona College. You're right. As a little dribbler out to the pitcher, he's handled well and dumped over to first for Loria. That'll get the Warriors out of the first inning. Zero zero. Another pitcher's duel to begin this game. So seems a lot like what we saw. Much too early to say anything, though. I know. One inning's just one inning. Yeah. But now behind the dish for the Thunderbirds, a bit of a different look, which actually could mean a big heck of a difference for the Warriors because without Kuzati behind there, who's a defensive god more or less for UBC, it'll be interesting to see what what the uh, what Zach Preshuk can do. It, it's nice though that they have the DH in, in this conference because you want to keep Kuzati's bat in the lineup if you can. Um, when he's being rested behind the plate, and he is DHing today. Um. Zach Preshuk coming in at 5'9", 195 in his junior year, originally from Toronto, out in Ontario. A lot of Ontario, uh, good good Ontario boys in this lineup. Um, isn't it, isn't it something ball. like two-thirds of the Canadian population lives in Ontario. I mean, yeah, but you'd, you'd expect a lot of those players to be playing for teams like Queens and uh, U of T. Not when we got good baseball out here. I know, I know. <laughs> UBC sort of the premier destination for uh, Canadian university baseball. Um, obviously because of their... Um, One of the most competitive programs definitely in all of Canada. Yeah, for sure. C c because they get to play in NAIA. My, my American... Uh, friends from back home who are playing baseball in college some NAIA schools they're, they're aware of UBC because of oh its yeah. reputation like For it's sure. it's good it's, no, it's known they, in the NAIA world they've produced MLB players um, Jeff Francis Jeff Francis um, former Blue Jays pitcher um, and there's MLB scouts um, he, he is actually back our, our, our one MLB scout here today um, with a radar gun and a, and a pen <laughs> now up to bat is your guy Ben Ross the That's DH school. he doesn't have a he doesn't have a computer or a tablet or anything. He's going old school. Oh, and two is the count now to Ben Ross. And I think a lot of scouts are kind of old school. It's a baseball thing. I know. Well, baseball is old school as True. a sport. I, I guess I'm used to hockey where the, the tech the tech revolution took a while to get there, but it's sort of coming in there now. 
there's a bunch of stats guys and analytics and sort of the equivalent of sabermetrics. Another strikeout for him. He's not happy with himself. You can tell with the body language. Nice job there by UBC's Jack Caswell. And now we've got Freiberger, who you don't really want to let him out onto the base paths if you can avoid it. Just a monster on the base pass with them. Um, we saw him running really well um, earlier. That first pitch missing high and outside from Caswell. That was his first strikeout on the day. Nine from Windler earlier. We'll see if he can come close to matching it. I, I, somehow, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and I mean... As a reliever who's starting, he's going to be easing up, obviously, because he doesn't want to tire out his arm. He's not going to be pitching at his full strength like he normally would if he was coming in and out of the bullpen. Um, so, yeah, strikeouts are not going to be the thing that he's looking for. Just like mostly like uh, sort of a Marcus Stroman type, like, uh, you know, easy to deal with contact like we saw to um, the two balls to the shortstop Kyle McComb in the first inning. It's a quick 3-0 count here as Caswell's finding some early control issues to Daniel Freiberger, the shortstop of the Corbin Warriors. And we noticed control issues from him in the first uh, first inning as well, but he was able to get out of it. That one's straight down the middle for a strike. Three and one count. I think the outfield's hoping that they get some action. I think there was a total of maybe four fly balls. It wasn't. It was mostly maybe ball. Maybe five with that one uh, gapper. Not gapper, but rather single they hit over shortstop. Yeah. Um, but I mean... Only four hits for him last game. Yeah. And Jack Caswell is a ground ball pitcher. So maybe they're going to be a little bored ag again in this one. Fighting off a few good pitches. Now the count is three and two coming into Freiburger. Yeah, great job from Caswell to battle back. Another foul, but will this one stay in? I don't believe so. That's uh, that's in the batting cages. Caswell will reset. But yeah, great great um, resolve from Caswell to battle back from that early 3-0 uh, deficit. Um, now the count is full, and if he can get rid of this, um, that's going to be a walk. Close pitch, but it misses low. Caswell puts one on with some speed to boot. Daniel Freiberger at first. We'll see what he d decides to do on the base paths. With one out, I would not be surprised if they try to send him here. And you got Andrew Axemaker up at the plate. For those who didn't tune into our first broadcast, Andrew Axemaker leads the Cascadia Collegiate Conference, or at least is in the top five categories for literally almost every offensive category. And you can see the jump up from uh, from the catcher, Zach Prashak. Um He's ready because he, th he knows what um, what Daniel Freiberger is capable of um, in terms of stealing bases. He's, he's getting a healthy leadoff there at first. Axemaker is playing second here today, and he has the second highest average at 380. Tied for first in RBIs at 38. Fourth in steals, fifth in runs scored. And his slugging, which I kind of briefed you guys on what that is, it's total number of bases. Divide by total number of at-bats of 628 is tied for first. 628. Crazy. That's pretty good. 1-1 um, one, one count now after the um, low strike called. And Axemaker gets a good piece of this ball down the left field line. Thankfully, it hooks just foul, and Caswell will reset on the mound. He got good contact on that ball just a little bit um, late on the swing and not quite able to keep it fair. 1-2 and two now is that long foul. Puts him behind in the count here. Getting a nice lead off of first is Freiberger. He's got to go low fastball here, don't you think? We'll see. 
and a very close pitch. It actually looked like a change up. Looked yeah, like off speed pitch. I wasn't expecting him to go off speed, but um, I, I, I was. I think he missed with his spot. You don't want to leave those change up high like that. Yeah, that was Axe maker will make you pay. But that was a little too high to hit, though. Even even for him. Two and two, one out. Nice. Axe maker K's on a low inside fastball. Two strikeouts now for Caswell, sitting down one of the Cascadia Collegiate Conference best hitters. I, I got the nice. I got the pitch right. I was just uh, one, one early on it, or one yeah, yeah. one early. Now um, coming up to the plate is Jarrett Thorin, the left fielder for Corbin. I mean, yeah, you don't want to hang up a changeup, but that was like almost chest tight, and I mean, it's not like it's. Uh, oh, and a and on the play, part, and that's gonna end the inning. That was actually Freiberger going and attempted. Bunt there by Jarrett Thorne gets popped up into the air, and it was Preshuk corralling it rather easily with, as it went up pretty high into the air, so he had quite a bit of time to get under the ball. Yeah, pretty easily. Squeeze it and get out of the inning. For sure. No score after being in the half. One and a half innings in, just one hit right now for the UBC Thunderbirds. And it'll be the number five hitter, John Whaley, the left fielder coming into bat to start off the bottom of the second inning, followed by Austin Butler and the catcher, Zach Prishak. So Pr far... Prishak, a bit of an offensive off year, I would say, hitting just 1-1-1. One, one, one. Uh, pretty disappointing on the batting average. Yeah, one eleven isn't the best. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's certainly... I mean, he's... When he, he seems does to hit, be solid behind the plate right now, and we saw that... You know, maybe that lineup change wasn't just planned, but maybe it was because Kuzati struggled a bit earlier. We saw a few pass balls, an errant throw over second in the first game. Maybe it was because they thought he was a bit mentally fatigued out there. For sure, and it'll be it, he can still get his bat in the lineup by having him DH um, take over for Braden Alleman. Um and maybe we'll see Prashek uh, improve his game a little from the offensive standpoint in this one. He doesn't get a lot of hits, but when he does, they are usually, you know, RBI hits. They score runs, partially due to where he sits in the lineup at seventh um, with Austin Butler pretty often getting on base. Thunderbirds still unable to get an extra base hit here. We're in the bottom of the second of the second game of the doubleheader. Thunderbirds won the first one 8-2. to two. And pitching right now for the Corbin Warriors is Rylan Luchuk. Has two strikeouts already, That's and cool. current batter. It's John Whaley. It's John Whaley. <laughs> Thank you. Whaley thinks about it, checks his swing, but I believe it's a ball. One and one now is the count. And I mean, they won a game. They scored eight runs with no extra base hits, so they're clearly doing something right. You don't always need to, right? It's just doing the small things back and forth. For sure. One and two count now on to Whaley. Yeah, Luchuk to looking to pick up another strikeout here early on. The Thunderbirds are not really a long ball focused team, that's for sure. So um, most of their hits are, you know, low ground balls. That Corbin just even less, or, actually. Yeah. UBC, that's one of the few categories offensively that UBC has better than Corbin. That and walks. Besides that, Corbin owns them. Foul ball here. Count will remain at two and two now, because there was a ball pitched right before that. John Whaley, the left fielder for the Thunderbirds, batting fifth in the lineup in the second game here. Almost tempted there on that off-speed pitch in the dirt. That was close too. Holds off. Counts full now at three and two. We'll get a good look at his plate discipline here, as we can see. He he did very well to hold off that pitch. Whaley this time getting a decent piece, but it's 
flied out more or less easily to left field for for Jarrett Thorin. The Thunderbirds have had a lot of difficulty getting like power on their on their fly balls. They they they've been hitting the ground ball pretty hard, but when they hit a fly ball, it's usually one that hangs up pretty easily for the outfielders. Whaley does have a few homers on the year, three of them, in fact. Um, his slugging is at 357, though, but that's mostly in part because of his 246 average, which is it's it's a, it's mediocre, but it's either kind of homer or single. It doesn't seem like there's too many doubles or triples in there. Now up to the plate for the Thunderbirds is number 15, Austin Butler. Had a great first game here for us. Drove in a pair. Butler finds himself one and one with one out here in the bottom of the second. Luchuk looking on. Good eye from Butler to hold off that uh, low fastball. Two and one the count now. I've noticed that Corbin's gotten a little more quiet now. In terms of their, uh, do you think it's energy levels? Yeah, I mean, coming into this, I mean, doubleheaders are a pretty common affair. It's almost, I mean, it is every every game, right, much, in college, because yeah. you got to uh, play weekends. Yeah, because you know they're student athletes, student athletes. As this one's grounded hard to third, misplay, a bit of a bobble, and able to beat it out is Austin Butler. It's been a bit of a problematic game in this second uh, second game of the doubleheader so far for third baseman in, uh, Jeffrey or Maxwell Jeffrey. Well, in in both games, the left side of the infield has had a lot of trouble dealing with pretty much everything that's come their way. Um, a lot of you know easy ground balls mishandled and stuff like that. Here's our first look of the day at uh, Zach Prishak, the catcher. We'll see if he can turn around his odds for his. Well, that was good well, contact. Little, little. How sh uh, what should I call his batting average? Uh, under average. <laughs> his low. Un underwhelming. Underwhelming. Un underwhelming batting average. Um, On first, though, it was the E5 charge to Jeffrey Maxwell. As a quick move over to first. They nearly got him. Keeps him honest. Austin Butler has a bit of speed. And I think Ryland Luchuk is aware of that. As he looks down at Zach Prishuk, but keeps Austin Butler in the back of his mind. Off-speed pitch. Puts Prishuk in an 0-2 hole. All of the Thunderbirds positioning in the box just right at that back, mm. literally inch. Like, their back foot is on the very far edge of the paint. Prishuk, 0-2 from Luchuk. Flies it out lazy to center. Easy ball there for... The leadoff man, Josh Ebert. And now there's two down here in the bottom of the second the inning. Second Justin Orton. Now it's Justin Orton, one of the graduating seniors coming up to the plate. Justin, Order, Justin Orton, 5'10", 195, from Essex, Ontario. And again, Austin Butler getting a healthy leadoff, but um, able to get back to the bag from the pickoff move from Luchuk. I think Luchuk is just aware of his speed that he has over there, but making sure I don't he's not too worried about him. He's just keeping him honest. Mm. Pitch comes here. Well outside. And Justin Orton takes 
for Ball One. Counts 1-0. and Thank you for listening to CITR 101.9. It's Jacob Aaron, Eric Thompson here. This is the first CITR broadcast of UBC Baseball. If you like what you've been hearing, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. It's a foul ball that goes out of play here, and that'll bring the count now to 1-1. One one. We also run Thunderbird Eye on Thursdays. Next week will be our last week, however, yeah. as, you know, I'm a student, but I don't live here all the year round. So check it out. It'll be on Thursday from 3.30 to 4. Hoping to maybe get an interview with Grant Shepard. Yeah, and that uh, Canadian men's basketball team actually did reach the final um, in their Commonwealth Games. Crazy uh, game beating, against uh, beating New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll hope, hopefully be, inter- we'll be interviewing a medalist at the Commonwealth Games, which is pretty cool. We just don't know what color that medal will be. Now the count is one and two. That is the hope. It's off the plate and now evens things up here with two outs. It would be pretty pretty crazy if they were able to win that after. I mean, they just got destroyed in the round robin by uh, by New Zealand and to come back and right, definitely heavy underdogs. And they were actually leading what as the ball's in the dirt, going to second, getting in there safely is Austin Butler. Good speed and awareness on the play. Yeah. Now, now with a full count, running a scoring position. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this um, this pitch is not exactly aiming for the strike zone. I think they're going to be careful with um, with the men on, with the, the pretty fast runner on second. And, and Kyle Butler. McCombs on deck has a lower batting average than Justin Orton. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <laughs> misses away for ball four. That'll bring Kyle McComb the senior shortstop to the plate. McComb had that great play to throw out the runner in the first inning. Um, And he was part of that interference double play that got called in the first game as well. Yeah, for sure. Which was a huge break for the Thunderbirds because I believe at the time they were actually only leading Mm 5-2. And it could have been a lot worse. Could have been 5-4, 5-5 game if if they didn't get that call. Yeah, a lot of runners on the bases in that uh, situation. Now runners on first and second here in the bottom of the second. Maybe the Thunderbirds have something brewing here with two outs. Well, you'd like to see Kyle McComb get on base and turn the the uh, the lineup over for Anthony Cazzotti to be um, to hit with the bases loaded. Owen one takes a big <laughs> cut, but is unable to make contact. Now finds himself in an O two hole. Early on against Luchuk, Luchuk looking to get another jam here with runners on first and second. One strike out, one strike away from doing so. Pitch coming in now, and checking his swing, but slightly off the plate and holding up in time is Kyle McComb. That was a close one. One and two count to McComb. Kyle McComb, a kinesiology student, and we heard actually during (laughs) the break that his average was 93%. That's 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 pretty good. That's stellar. That's pretty good. That is stellar. It's better than mine. It's better than mine. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of kin students in the in the UBC varsity programs. Um, obviously, you know, interest in the sports science fields. Um, lots of people um, who grow up playing sports like to stay involved with it as a sort of a career move. Obviously, this is what uh, we're trying to do here, bringing you some Thunderbird baseball. Um, but yeah, but I'm not in kin. No, but uh, y- yeah, I mean, it's, you just like stay around sports, you know, like it's fair. Three and two count now as that one bounces in the dirt. 
That'll put the runners in well moving on the pitch. You got to make sure that they're holding just long enough and that Luchuk doesn't make a move. But this is a they great. Don't look, they don't look to be holding the runners on though at, at first or second. So they'll get it going here as a swing and a miss sits oh. the Thunderbird side down, and we will remain at zero zero through two here in this second game. And that of pitch double was, header. That pitch was well outside. It would have brought Kuzadi to the plate with the bases loaded if it, if um, McComb had been able to hold off. Another interesting note about McComb is he was actually a gold glover at shortstop. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know that, but he's, he has impressed defensively in these two games here so far. Uh, Definitely a strong suit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, is it, he's, he's a workhorse. The, he's just out there game after game. He, he's not in the lineup for his bat, that's uh, that's for certain, but he's um, definitely impressive uh, at, at short. So through two, the pitching maybe not quite up to snuff with the quality of last game, but doing their work here against both rather strong lineups, especially on the Thunderbird side. Great job so far from... Not Rylan Luchuk, but Jack Caswell. Jack Caswell. You Thank you. His uh, his pitch count is up a little bit higher, though. 27 uh, through two innings. Um, I don't think he'll make it too far into this one, considering he is a reliever by trade. Right. Well, uh, what's concerning for me is his random outburst of the lack of control. Yeah, the control's been bad pretty early. It's, it's looking a bit like what we saw from the uh, Corbin Warrior side earlier with with uh, Chris Jackson, their starter. Yeah, but um, Chris Jackson had pretty solid control through the first few innings. This was like right off the bat. Now up is Cole Foley, who's playing catcher here in the second game. This second game here, Cole Foley had a pitch hit appearance. Um, I believe he got a RBA ground up. That time it is a called strike against Foley. Cole Foley at 5'9", but 200 pounds, originally from Vancouver, Washington. Stout. That's what you need to be to be a catcher. That pitch missing low and off the plate. Evens up the count here. Look at one, one in pitch. And this one's popped up high into the shallow outfield. Under it is Lamferman. And that will be the first out of the third. I was going to mention, um, yeah, mo most um, that's a build that most catchers have. But uh, Zach, Zach Prishik, not exactly fulfilling that build. He's, uh, he's relatively tall. Um, and you've you got to check out his stance when he goes down to catch balls. He sticks, um, he sticks his right leg like very far extended out. Well, the difference between Prishuk behind the plate and Kuzadi is enormous. Prishuk is only 5'9", but Anthony Kuzadi, he stands at 6'3". Both both pretty big for for catchers even um, five five nine not especially so but uh. well I think there's been a trend though at least on the professional level for bigger catchers to be part of the game now yeah I mean you look at um, Salvi Perez Salvador Perez uh, Jonathan Lucroy even um, guys like that sort of the younger catchers in the game one and one now the batter is Maxwell Jeffrey he had that botched play. Was charged with an error over at third, and actually presented a run-scoring opportunity for the Thunderbirds. However, they were unable to capitalize. Two and one now. It's fouled off. Two 
Here comes the pitch. And a swinging strike three. Beautiful pitch there that brings him up to three strikeouts now in the day for Jack Caswell. He's got to be happy with his performance so far here in this game. Just one base on ball. No yeah. hits. Josh Ebert now into uh, bat the leadoff man. Um, Who's been kept quiet throughout both games so far? As a lot of the Corbin hitters have been uh, as the first pitch is in there for a strike one. Yeah, Ebert, uh, axe maker, who did put a charge into that foul ball. Uh, ben Ross, even Drew Loria have been really held to minimal minimal uh, results so far in these two mm -hmm. games. The, the the small bit of offense that they did manage to get going was from the uh, from the bottom of the lineup in the in the first game. One one now, looking on to Josh Ebert, who puts. A pretty good piece on it down the right field line, but it's out of play. Not able to straighten it out. Axe maker hit it hard down the left line. Ebert laid on it, puts it all the way down the right field line. Warriors hoping to find some fair territory and put up more than four hits, which is all they can muster last game. But not yet, as another strikeout for Jack Caswell. Four on the day brings them down to the bottom of the third inning for the UBC Thunderbirds. Caswell's been getting some, getting some late, great, uh, great late movement on his, on his pitches. Um, they're pretty deceptive. They don't really move around until they get pretty close to the strike zone, but they, they have been getting a lot of strike swing on Caswell's pitches. That's what I was saying. You were saying, oh, he comes so straight. I was like, well... He might just come from the stretch, but it's all he needs. If you know how to pitch, you know how to pitch. That's true. <laughs> and, I mean, I do think he's easing up just because, again, he's a reliever. He doesn't really want to throw out his hardest stuff if he's going to be, you know, pitching five, six, seven innings. The last time that Corbin was playing was actually two weeks ago at Oregon Tech where they split the series. However, both of their losses were blowouts, which is something that the Thunderbirds can relate to as well. Well, yeah, that Lewis Clark series, they both of their games that they won were by one run, and both their games they lost were uh, by, uh, I think they conceded 30 runs over the two games that they lost. 14 runs in the first and 16 in the second. In a similar manner, it was 12-2 12 to 2 defeat in the second game, which ended after eight innings because of the mercy rule, and a huge 15-1 to 1 loss in the final match, which ended after just seven innings. So that's actually their most recent game that they've played coming into the series. Coming off of a big loss like that, it's hard to rebound very quickly. Yeah, and that's what maybe why we saw sort of a really disappointing Three errors, right? Defense. It's, yeah. it's the mental things that can get exactly. to you. Exactly, and that's why we've been seeing, we saw really bad control from, uh, from their Chris. normal ace, Chris Jackson, who's... Yep generally a pretty effective player but had a pretty rough outing another early error here for Corbin luckily nothing's happened as far as the Thunderbird offense goes but Anthony Cusati hoping to change the luck of his team they'll start it off here now in the bottom of the third taking that first pitch breaking ball for it was a ball a ball <laughs> now one and now Kuzadi gets a piece of it, but it's popped up over kind of into no man's land. However, it'll be the second baseman, Axe Maker, who calls in and gets the play. The right fielder, number two, Jake Lanferman. 
Lanferman in the bat now, getting his second look at the pitcher, Ryan Luchuk. Rylan Luchuk, rather. Um, Owen one had that sort of um, high fly ball um, into into right that didn't really materialize into anything. Jake Lamferman shows bunt, pulls back, but it's a called strike. That was exactly how we started off his last at bat. We also saw Anthony Cusati do that a few times. And on the other side, the Warriors. Everyone, whether they're actually putting it down or faking the bunts. Well, there's been a lot of bunting for base hits, or at least attempting to do so in the in the game. It was success. So we far. saw it successfully put down by Anthony Cusati in the first game, uh, which translated. Cusati's um the sack bunt. The sack uh, bunt. Um, I believe it was the the number nine hitter, uh, Kyle McComb, who hit for uh, who got on base with a bunt base hit. And a big swing there by Lamferman, right over top of it. Zero and two here. Three strikeouts now through two and a third for Ryland Luchuk. That one a bit low. I'll bring the count to one and two. He's going to have to be aware of his pitch count as he's just two and a third in, but he's already up to 46 pitches here on the day. Foul tip strike three, however, and that'll put him to two and two thirds with four strikeouts now. Great job by Ryland Luchuk. And good squeeze back, back behind the plate there. Cole Foley. Thunderbirds are going to need to start getting hit by some pitches if they're going to get some offense going. And who better to do that than Mitch Robinson so far today? <laughs> one and one. Oh, I thought you said get some hits. No, you said get, get hit, hit by, by pitches. pitches. <laughs> wow. It's like, you don't want your <laughs> best hitter getting hit. I mean, I mean, he did get beans in the in the first one. so That was sort of the, the catalyst for the Thunderbirds offense in the first game. <laughs> Mitch Robinson one for one on the day. Finds himself in a quick 0-2 hole. Two tough pitches to hit by um, by Luchuk in the in this final this this final of the scheduled hitters for the for the third inning. Now Owen Sue, we just saw a nice breaking ball by Luchuk. Ops for a fastball here, able to lay off his Robinson. Mitch Robinson with the only hit of the evening in this game. Robinson holds off ball in the dirt. Brings the count even to two and two. Robinson in his fourth year, another senior for the Thunderbirds, and his presence will be missed. This time, he's able to get it up the middle. Can they make a play on it? Fantastic job there by Axemaker to get the speedy Robinson out at first. Yeah, you mentioned Axemaker traditionally in the lineup only for his bat, but that was a very effective defensive play there to... Get the runner out at first on a really tough play. Well, it's not that Axe Maker's only in for his bat. It's, it's just, just that's mostly. what happens to be his best asset. That doesn't yeah. make... He's a good defensive player as well. We just saw... Yeah, but that's he's, he's not like known for his defense or anything. Right. But that, that was quite a solid play from Axe Maker. Going to his right off-balance throw. Gets Mitch Robinson in time. Still knotted up at zero. There's a lot of zeros on that scoreboard. No hits so far for Corbin. Just one for the Thunderbirds. One error so far on the side of Corbin. Caswell having himself a great outing here so far. Yeah, I, I again, I wasn't really sure how his relief performance would translate to a start, but so far he's been very effective. And the pitch count through three is fantastic. Only at 39. 13 pitches an inning, not too shabby. Yeah. 
I mean, especially when you contrast with um, with the starter for Corbin, who was up near around 50. He seemed to be reining in, though, however, a bit. Luchuk seemed to kind of find his groove there with those last two. Well, with the strikeout and the not super routine, but the ground out that Mitch Robinson hit up the middle. When, when that came off the bat, I was thinking base hit. I didn't really think that Axemaker would be able to get over and, you know, make the That's play athleticism. On, his on, on his offside. That's athleticism. With that last loss just 30, 45 minutes ago, they're now seven. They've now lost seven of their last nine games. They've sort of pulled a reverse. That was, that was, that hit pretty close into the, that almost hit um, the batter, the batter in the foot there, um, Ethan Bragg. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, like they've sort of done like a reverse Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds winning uh, twelve of their last fourteen, I believe it is, um, or I guess uh, thirteen of their last fifteen. Now with the the victory against Corbin, uh, it's actually twelve of their last fourteen. So yeah. I was right the first yes. time. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well. It happens. <laughs> Basically, if you play the Thunderbirds at home, good luck. Yeah, I mean, even Lewis Clark, one of the best teams in like the entire NAIA, uh, were only able to grab two. Um, every other team has been complete, like completely shut out. It's been the pitching that's stepped up. Yeah, and it, it's we've seen it here, right? Mm -hmm. When the relief staff came in for Corbin, the game blew wide open. Yeah. But when they came in for us. It was lights out. I mean, Pat Vandenbrink. Us, sorry. I Yes, we are broadcasting from UBC. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I am a Thunderbird. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Um, Vandenbrink, again, he's an elite reliever in this conference for sure. Um, he had that great performance against LC um, last weekend and impressed in just the one inning that he played today. Right now, Ethan Bragg at the dish. Full count on him. Caswell trying to keep him off bases. He's got some speed. Foul ball keeps Ethan Bragg alive. Nobody able to muster a hit yet today. Daniel Freiberger, the only one to get on base with a walk. Setting here and just hitting a number out to the left side of the mound. Long throw there. Nearly pulls Valk away from the bag, but able to stay on and get the first out of the inning. Yeah, great play from Caswell Valk. whipped it over there. Yeah, well, I mean, he took a while to get over to the ball and uh, made up for it with a pretty big pitch. Or pretty big, uh, it, it kind of looked like a pitch, honestly, the way that he threw it with uh, with such speed in there. It was a good Valk. defensive play. Yeah, for sure, and great recovery on the, because it did bounce a little bit weird again off the turf. Um, not exactly the bounce you're used to. Um, but good combination from Valk to, you know, stretch and stay on the bag while catching the ball. Now up for Corbin is the three-man. It's Drew Loria, the first baseman. But going back to Ethan Bragg, he's actually one of only two players who have started every game for Corbin this season. And he leads the team in walks. He's an on-base guy. And is second in RBIs. The only drawback, second in strikeouts on the team. As we have a pop-up here from Loria, shallow right. And it ends up being Olsen calling off Lamferman for the ball. Lamb from in and Olsen was, uh, talking about it afterwards. It was Orton. Orton, excuse me. O Orton's in for Olsen in this game. It's a little confusing. Now batting the yeah, they're two second basemen. Yeah. One's Olsen, one's Orton. Mm. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, only, it's only slightly confusing. Now up to bat is the DH Ben Ross, 
who is just and I I just can't understand. And he's again, he's just not getting anything on these on these. If you watch him closely, he's pulling his head. He's not seeing the ball. That's the problem. Mm. And, and sometimes I think what the hap- what happens, why that happens is it's a mental it's a mental block, right? You're trying so hard just to make contact, That's which just, he does here. But it's again, it's just a lazy fly ball. Fly ball to the center, center right? Field. Um, so that's better than he's been doing. Um, he's, he's, he's struck out almost every time he's been at bat. That was at least, you know, getting contact on the baseball, but not exactly a, an effective piece of hitting there from, from Ben Ross. If you want to talk about symmetry, though, if you look at the stat line right now for Thunderbirds, James K- Jack Caswell compared to Niall Windler in the first game, pretty, almost identical it's looking through pretty four. Similar. Not quite the same strikeout count. Uh, right. Well, Wendler slowed down after, I believe he had six through four, five through four. Which yeah. right now, Caswell's at four. Okay, we'll see. Not too shabby. Traditional reliever, bring him in to start, see what happens. Well, I mean, that's what they did with uh, Alman, Alman, and it worked out really well in that game against LC. Yeah, they've had to deal with figuring out who works in the starting position. You know, Bradwell had his struggles in the beginning of the year. James Bradwell, that is. Brad Smith, on and off. Finnegan Duffield, who, freshman, uh, he struggled. He struggled starting on the mound. So Mm -hmm. they had to figure out which different pitchers could work starting out games. And so far, so good for Jack Caswell. Yeah, maybe he's he's a starting option down the line if this continues. Um, And I I imagine that... um, Alleman will be used in more of a starting role as the season continues as well after his excellent performance uh, last weekend. The Thunderbirds, after this series, actually only have four more games in the regular season. They'll be on the road in Klamath Falls, Oregon, taking on the Oregon Tech Owls. That series will start on the 28th of April, so they actually have a week lull uh, between, between series. And if that series and this one closes out well and Corbin as well as the Owls, the Oregon Tech Owls, don't have any extreme playoff pushes, they should be into the Cal Pacific Conference Championship. That action will start on May 6th. Way too early to talk about it, I know. I'm just putting it on the table. Jackson Valkin to bat the freshman. Takes a ball, count is one and one. Valk, big swing and a miss there. Home run cut. One and two count now onto Valk. As Luchuk also has found quite a bit of quite a bit of uh, a tempo out there on the mound as yeah, that one's fouled into, out. He's getting into a rhythm for sure. Um I mean he's only surrendered one hit, um, and that was in the second inning. He's been pretty lights out since then. Four strikeouts for him already on the day. Just one free pass. One hit through three. Valk doing what he can to stay alive, though. Fouls that one off down the left field line as well. And there's no more kids scrambling to get these balls. I think they're tired. <laughs> they're pretty tired. I did see I did see one kid um, grab a foul ball, but he's kept it for himself rather than returning it to the toonie. And another foul ball. The count remains at one and two. This will be the seventh pitch of the at-bat coming on now to Jackson Valk. And I think with that, you know what it is. It's, it's getting cold. Yeah, that's that's it. It's the storms are brewing. It's cold up here too. Valk rolls one softly over down first base line. He thought it was going to be foul all the way down, or maybe he thinks. Oh, are, I believe are they calling he's calling it foul. I believe he thinks it uh, hit his foot on the way. Okay. I think that's what they're trying to discuss. 
I think that's why he didn't run at all. They'll have a little conversation over but near still, the pitcher's mound. If that happens, you got to try and beat it down the line. You never know what's going to happen, right? Like if the yeah. umpire is going to see it or not. For sure. I mean, there's because he it, what what we could see from up here at the broadcast booth is that Val kind of turns around, looks at the umpire. I mean, umpire says, <laughs> umpire kind of looks black at him blankly, well, right? Like, what are you doing? But I mean, like. It was right to the first baseman anyway. There's not like a huge chance that Valk had unless maybe he bobbled the pitch, but you got to run it out just in case. And the call on the play is out. The umpires discussed in the middle of the field. Valk upset with the call. But now up at the plate will be left fielder John Whaley. Right fielder. <laughs> right fielder is Jake Lamferman. Just for your information, everyone. I <laughs> <laughs> if you could hear our the in-house announcer here. John Whaley, what a stance. As he swings and misses at the first one. Big cut. I just feel like he really wants to run with his stance, if you look at it, right? Yeah, he's, he's looks ready like he has a lot of energy. <laughs> he's ready to hit a triple. Yeah. And the 0-1 pitch is sent out to center, running in but dropping... That looked a lot like a... Dropping a, before Josh Ebert. That'll be a single now. That looked a lot like a play we saw for John earlier, Whaley. The, the center fielder just sort of gave up on the play where it looked like maybe he had a shot at it. I mean, Ebert ran after that one. on our t he on did. Austin Butler, no, back in that first game, did kind of give up on one of the balls. Um, it seemed as if he could have came in, tried to go for a spectacular catch, but I think that's also him knowing his home field. Being yeah. turf, the ball it's, is going to bounce and roll, right? Also being turf, it's a lot less fun to dive on than grass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think he cares about that aspect of it, but I think he's thinking <laughs> about the game, right? Because there was a runner, I believe, on second at that point. Yeah, I know. Now up at bat is Austin Butler, the I, center I, fielder I, for the Thunderbirds. I have I have permanent scars on my my left calf from sliding around on turf. Yeah, it's not fun. You can get all those little like black beads. The little stuck yeah, in the you. pellets of rubber. They're, they get in there. Austin Butler took the first pitch. It's 0-1, one out, and that'll be the second strike now. As on first base is Whaley after he just dropped in that single into center field. No real solid contact here yet in the second game, and we're currently in the bottom of the fourth. Yeah, Things Wh are moving along rather quickly. Whaley's uh, bloop single was the closest thing we've seen, and he's going to reach second on a drop Pitch ball in the by dirt. the catcher. Yeah. Yeah. Pitch in the dirt there. Good on-base awareness by John Whaley. Advances him to second. Now he's in scoring position with a 1-2 count and it removes, to Austin Butler. And it removes the possibility for a double play. So, you know, win-win situation for the Thunderbirds. Butler looking to add to his RBI total on the day. Drove in a few in that first game to extend what was, I believe at the time, a 5-2 lead. And it made it, he made it 7-2 seven, seven or... It was, it was four to... No, I don't know. <laughs> four two, it went... It ended up at eight to two. Yeah. Thunderbirds won. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, they stay hot, right? Like Stay hot. 12 and two in their last 14. Foul it's ridicu though. That's ridiculous. That's It's so good. And I mean, there's there's got to be an element of, you know, playing at home, being maybe more well-rested, not having to travel. Well, I think in addition to being at home, they've just found a rhythm. I think... It, it, Yes, being at home, you know, the new stadium, teams actually do tend to perform better at home. It's just, well, it just happens I, like that. Yeah, but I mean, because like, you know the feel. Especially right? in college, you don't have to go on these, you know, long multi hour and tired, bus rides. Yeah. And I mean, most of these players are living on campus, um, which also helps. The 2 2 is sent out lazily to left field. 
under it is Jarrett Thorin, and that will retire Austin Butler, bringing up catcher Zach Preshuk to the plate. Preshuk will bat with two down now. The runner on second is John Whaley, who has some wheels. We saw him advance to second on all in the dirt. So if you can get something in here, whether it just be a ground ball that gets through to the outfield or, of course, if you're able to find a gap somewhere, that's that's the goal. But just getting something through to find the first run of this second game. I feel like a, a bunt might not be the worst option here. But going back to my point about, you know, playing at home, I think it's that the Thunderbirds also happen to find all their elements of their game working at once. Where before it was, you know, it was a bit of pitching. Yeah, like you'd have the pitching on one day, but the offense would be off and the other way around. But now we just saw an incredible outing by Windler as that ball's in the dirt. No advance there by Butler. Or by Whaley, rather, excuse me. Preshark still at the plate. Counts 2-0 now. Um... But yeah, their their offense and their pitching came together. Niall Windler just threw seven, nine Ks, limited them while he was on the mound to, I believe, four hits. And I mean, they've been like experimenting too. Like we've obviously seen relievers try starting and starters try relieving, stuff like that. They're messing around with their formula, seeing what sticks, what doesn't. And that's finally coming together. And the Thunderbirds are playing like the team we sort of expected them to be at the start of the season. And even starting Preshuk is an interesting choice that they don't often go for, you know, usually opting for Kuzadi, giving him maybe a little rest, fatigued after last game, potentially. Otherwise, pretty similar across the infield, Lamferman, or excuse me, Mitch Robinson at third, Valk at first, at second and short as always. Well, McComb is at short as always. Orton, Justin Orton now at second for Olsen. God, why are their names so similar? <laughs> that time he clips the corner on Preshuk as there was a meeting between catcher and pitcher talking over strategy and probably it was really just Cole Foley trying to calm down uh, Rylan Luchuk out in the mound. I don't think Preshuk swung his bat yet. And he takes another pitch, right, as you say that. Mm. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. It's the bottom of the fourth inning. Thunderbirds have mustered just two hits. And Corbin, zero. Here comes the pitch. It's fouled off. Luchuk trying to maintain this scoreless game for the Warriors here. Luchuk looks on. And sets to deliver. Here comes the payoff pitch. Two and two just outside the plate. Just off the plate. We'll bring it full now to three and two. Excuse me. This will be the payoff pitch. There you go. Whaley off on the... I was jumping the gun. Whaley off on the delivery now as well. Not being held on. And right up the middle. We'll see if it can get through. But from shortstop, he throws it all the way home. But it's cut off by the pitcher. Great piece of base running from John Whaley there to score. John Whaley, using his speed to his advantage, that was Daniel Freiberger up the middle making the play. However, his throw was weak, and Luchuk had to cut it off at the mound. 
It might have also been on Luchuk, though. Why would he cut off that ball? I don't know. I thought, I, I think maybe. It seemed was, on target. I think maybe he was more trying to make sure that uh, that uh, Prashik didn't advance from first. But, right, uh, but I don't think he was aware that le that uh, Whaley was actually coming home on that play. Mm. So what happened was, ball went through the middle. It was into the shallow outfield, really. Well, I mean, I mean, pers personally, if I was the third base coach, I wouldn't have sent Whaley. But, uh, but he's got wheels. He, did, he does have wheels. And what did we Whaley. say? <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, what did we say about Pershing is that he doesn't get hits that often, but when he does, they're RBIs. That's uh, now four hits, four RBIs on the season for, for Zach Pershing. It's clutch. Yeah. Now batting, Justin Orton, second baseman for the Thunderbirds, as they found themselves a 1-0 lead, diving at third base. However, infield it hit. was an infield hit as Daniel Freiberger was the one who ended up fielding it. It got past Maxwell Jeffrey at third on a dive. And the speed of of Justin Orton was able to beat it out for infield hit. Runners on first and second now. Thunderbirds got something cooking here with two outs. For sure. It's Kyle McComb, the shortstop. Two outs, there's, one there's, to zero. There's a pinch runner into the game also we didn't mention for uh, Grishik. It's now um, Shane Rogers who pinch ran in the first game as well. Rogers over at second right now. The count is 0 and 1. Luchuk can't find the zone. It's 1 and 1 now. I think he's lost a little bit of his composure after the RBI and the two additional base runners. McComb batting just 181 before the series. He's known for his glove. This time he grounds over to third. Maxwell Jeffrey picks it up and tosses it across the diamond easily to Loria to retire the side. However, Thunderbirds able to put one up on the board. This few really hits. Does, it really does feel like the, the first game all over again with this very, single very, run to start it out. Very similar, eerily similar score line. Maybe it has to do that. Yesterday was Friday the 13th. Who knows? I don't know about that, but maybe. <laughs> Back on the mound, though, for the T-Birds is going to be Jack Caswell. Baseball, dealing. Baseball, perhaps the most superstitious of the major sports, although hockey is up there, too. I, I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day, and, you know, baseball and hockey are sports where it's not like you can just pick them up. They are such niche sports, not because of that they have s small followings, but the terminology <laughs> and, and like all the rules that go into the game mm -hmm. are so expansive for both of them. I think baseball even more so with just like the, the, the wealth of like n interesting and hard to learn stats and things like that. And there's so much history, right? in the MLB now and, you know, starting with, I believe it was Cincinnati Reds way back in the 18, like late 1860s and goes all the way up to modern day and you'll get all these stories it's a very like tradition based sport as is hockey it's it's right. very similar in that regard yeah. both great sports myself i ended up growing up playing baseball you know my mom she said you can do hockey or you can do karate as a kid and guess what i said you picked karate <laughs> come on I, I i i had to face that decision as well i, I karate did, I, and hockey i did not pick karate 
But I, I played a little bit of everything growing up. I played baseball, hockey, you know, volleyball, tennis. I got my black belt if it's worth it. Okay, well, if you got your black belt, then <laughs> may, maybe you didn't make the right choice. I don't know how much, you know, of a hockey development there is in San Diego. Or they got, they got uh, the goals. The goals. The they got goals. an AHL team. But, like, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, development leagues and all it's that. True. Caswell back on the mound. It's one and one count now. The batter is Daniel Freiberger, who tried to make that play over at shortstop, but there was miscommunication between him and Luchuk on the mound. Run ended up scoring as great awareness on the base paths from John Whaley brought him in all the way from second to home on an infield single. Well, a shallow outfield single, we should call, really be calling it. Hmm. This time, clips the edge of the plate. Is it just me or is the, is the umpire expanding his zone a bit? He might be, yeah. I've seen a couple ones that were on the outside corner mostly. Yeah, that weren't really called strikes in the in the first game. Two and two now. Caswell looks on. That one not close. It's possible they might be trying to, you know, accelerate this game a little bit with the weather rolling in. I believe rain is supposed to be coming in around six. I don't know if they've changed the forecast. Full count now. Looking on, this one's drilled to center. Butler will handle it. First hard hit ball as a long turn at first. We'll see what they're able to do. Oh, Valk unable to get the relay. They would have had him back at first. Daniel Freiberger made a strong, I think is the proper word, turn coming around first. <laughs> yeah, he was a little excited about that. He was definitely overly ambitious and a, a great throw, honestly, from from Luke Butler to, to the um, to the second baseman. Um, it's, it's Justin someone, Orton. Someone barbecue. <laughs> I think they're cooking hot dogs down there. There you go. Now it's a baseball game. Now the problem is you got Daniel Freiberg, who's got wheels up first. Andrew Axemaker, who's been quiet, so he's probably due. He's put a few balls far foul earlier in this game up at the plate. Yeah, he's been... He's been and, a, and a slim 1-0 lead. That was actually their first hit of the game. He's been quite close to that uh, left field foul pole for sure. The pitch to Axemaker leaves this one. I think they're probably going to be pretty careful um, pitching to Axe Maker right here. Especially with the bottom of the order coming up with uh, Cole Foley and Maxwell Jeffrey. Yeah, it's interesting that they slate their best hitter sixth. As the runner's going, Axe Maker puts a charge onto the ball, drops in under left field glove of John <laughs> Whaley. Freiberger almost wanted to go try extra bases again that didn't he he held up a little bit this time i think um, he uh, learned his lesson <laughs> yeah i think so now with nobody out two on we're gonna have a, a mound visitor is this a pitching change it's gonna be a pitching change actually from uh from the thunderbirds jack caswell so far well up till the fourth inning He's now in four plus. Had hadn't allowed a hit. He's allowed two straight hits now. One base on ball with four strikeouts. He's only at fifty-seven pitches. We'll see what they do. I believe they're gonna leave him out. I don't see anyone warming up. Oh yeah, just just a mound visit. Nothing more. No no taking of the ball, and they'll keep playing. Now with Jarrett Thorne up, and then Cole Foley in the on deck and. Maxwell Jeffrey in the hole. We'll see how they approach Jarrett Thorin, who boasts some pretty some pretty sizable numbers. Jarrett Thorin, 355 average. 
Thorin squares to bunt, and Caswell steps off the mound trying to keep uh, noted base stealer Daniel Freiberger honest at second. The only problem with Jarrett is that he doesn't have the best slugging percentage. He hits a lot of singles. He hits for average. He's a contact hitter. He actually hasn't hit a single triple or home run yet this season. Mm. The, uh, the, the Corbin bench is back to their vocal selves. Now that they got something cooking, yeah. shows to bunt again. Back door. That's Preshuk trying to throw down a second. Good snap throw, but... Uh, Keeping Freiberger honest out there. Freiberger's going to want to be running uh, as, as soon as he can. He, he gets antsy on those base paths. Again, this is Caswell's first start. Finding himself in a bit of trouble here with nobody out. Runners on first and second. Squaring to bunt. Gets it down. Preshuk handles the ball. Just gets it in time down to first base. Runners, however, will advance to second and third now with just one out. And if he wants to add to that strikeout total, right now would be a pretty good time. I'm, I'm surprised that they're not going to put the runner on to keep the, the double play available. Well, well, we'll see what they opt to do here. Currently at eighth in the order, catcher Cole Foley. Cole Foley, 397 on base percentage. Seven RBIs, though, in just 16 appearances. Batting 255, but it seems like he's able to make a difference when it counts. Sort of a Prishik type player at the plate. Also a catcher, by the way. I mean, his on-base percentage is ridiculous compared to his average. And a balk will bring home the r one run now. And that's got to hurt. I mean, that's the second one. We saw Windler do it earlier. I mean, it didn't cost them a run, but it cost them a base. This time, very costly as things are tied up at one here. And, of course, Bach counting as a ball. So, count is at 1-0 now. Caswell looks on. This time finds the zone. But going back, his on-base is 397, and he's only batting 255. He's walking like... Well, you said he was a short guy. He doesn't have a big strike zone. Right. Yeah, 5-9. True. This pitch comes on. It's an off-speed. Just finds the top edge of this of that aforementioned short strike zone for for Foley. Foley now down one and two, one out. Runner on third is Axe Maker. Caswell able to get the strikeout. The run already did score, but Axe Maker stranded at third. There's two down now. The um the late movement that we sort of saw the disappear in, in this inning sort of returned on that one. Number we were seeing it more in the second, third innings. Um, able, able to get the sort of vertical top to bottom movement uh, in the strike zone and confuse the hitter. Now batting is Maxwell Jeffery, 0 for 1 on the day with the strikeout. And this would be a real shame if Caswell is able to, as a ball, 55 footer bounces past Preshuk. Wild pitch. That'll bring in another run here for Corbin. 2 to 1 lead. Well, I was going to say it would be terrible if the run ended up not coming in, but I guess I was uh, mm. a little bit short-sighted there. 2-1 to one lead now for Corbin 
on a few miscues by this UBC defense. This this is sort of the risk that you run when you start um, a reliever um, and leave him in for five innings. I mean, he did perform admirably throughout the first four, but just and I yeah, he's he's lost his control. Um, I, I assume this will be the last inning for for Caswell. Caswell is currently at a 2-0 count, taking on Maxwell Jeffrey, the third baseman of the Corbin Warriors. Two runs have came in on this inning, one off of a balk and the other one off of a wild pitch. Caswell struggling here in the fifth, allowed two hits after not allowing any through the first four. Caswell sets and delivers, finds the strike zone here. Is fighting back. Counts now two and two. Nobody on. Maxwell Jeffrey finds the curveball, and it was going to be a tough play for Mitch Robinson off balance. Wow. And a beautiful in between hop scoop by Jackson Valk. Over at first. What a play by Mitch Robinson to dig that out um, and call off the pitcher, Jack Caswell, and just fire a bullet over to first to get the runner. A soft bouncer down the third base line. Mitch Robinson barehands it, grabs it from a three-quarter angle arm slot, throws it over, and the pick at the other end by Jackson Valk. That wasn't a short hop. That wasn't a long hop. That was that in-between hop, one of the trickiest to really you know, keep in play and actually get the out on. Yeah, excellent from Robinson to even make that throw, and excellent from Val to dig it out um, and get out of the inning. So through five for... Oh, that barbecue smell is coming back again. <laughs> through five now for pitcher Jack Caswell. You wonder if that's going to be it for him after he struggled there in the fifth inning. Two, two runs on two hits, but really two of the runs were his own cause. Let him up on a balk and then a wild pitch. We've got another left-hander warming up in the bullpen. I can't quite pick out who it is from here, but they do have a man in the bullpen. So, yeah, I do believe this will be the last um, the last we see of Jack Caswell in this game. Rylan Luchuk, not doing too bad. He has allowed four hits through four innings, but only one earned and one base on ball. His pitch count is a bit concerning, though. It's at 80 right now, so he he might only last one more inning. We'll see. I think he'll make it to, like, the, the sixth, maybe. It's the top of the order now for the UBC Thunderbirds as Anthony Cusati steps in for his third at-bat of the game. One strikeout so far on the day. Kuzadi with a big swing and miss there on an off-speed pitch. We've been seeing a lot of that from him today. It's either, I feel, it's been very polar opposites for Kuzadi at bats. It's it's a big swing and a miss and a way out in front strikeout or lines it up and, you know, shoots it back up the middle for a two-RBI single. Currently the count at two and one here. And you'd like to see the leadoff man get on, especially. Um, remember, after after the Thunderbirds gave up their first runs last... Uh, Able to put up four. Yeah, they responded really well. Um, and a 3-1 count now to Kazadi. Anthony hoping to get on. Actually, wasn't it? Wasn't it Kazadi who started the last rally, too, with a walk? Yeah, and there you go. Uh, we've, These we've games are strangely paralleled. Yeah, definitely. Fielder. 
in a, in a very interesting way. I mean, what what was it happened after the walk? Do you remember? Well, we're gonna see right now. <laughs> Lamperman steps up to the plate. Anthony Cusati's on first. I'm surprised he's great at a lot of things, but he's not fast. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put a pinch runner in. Lamferman taking that first pitch. On the season, Jake Lamferman batting just a point under 240, 24 runs, 19 runs batted in. He does have a homer, and he's got some speed. Seven steals on the season for him. 0-1 count. Takes that ball high. Evens things up. And you got to wonder, two and one here as they check on Kuzadi over at first. I don't think he's going anywhere. Not that he's going, but a potential hit and run. Not yeah, not, not a no, straight steal, right? I, I wouldn't the, be surprised if they try to manufacture a run here um, just to sort of even things out. I mean, we've seen so many other crafty ways, whether it be a drag run. And oh, there he going. goes. It is a hit and run, but it's a failed one. It's a pop-up back at first. And are they going to double Kuzadi? Not quite at first. I told you I can tell the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kuzadi <laughs> did really well to. Get I mean, he would have been a dead. He would have been a dead duck if if he didn't make contact. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although they didn't really have anyone covering the bag at, at second, so. An attempted hit and run. Unfortunately, doesn't go properly. Oh, and wouldn't you just love to see Mitch Robinson knock one over the fence right now? Let's see what Mitch Robinson can do here with Kuzadi on first. First pitch comes in a bit low. This is the meat of the order coming up now, and with uh, with a runner on base, you'd really like to see them make some noise. Mitch so far on the day, one for two. This time he finds the outside pitch, which he likes, but it's going to go out of bounds. It's out of play, and it, it will be Ryland Luchuk resetting on the lounge. Luchuk seems to have better endurance here in this game. For sure. I mean, he... Uh, Compared to um, to the starter last game, compared to Caswell. Oh, compared to Ca well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but again, Caswell's a reliever. Um, he's not really used to you know going five innings. You got to experiment sometimes. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it worked out very well through four, um, and then sort of fell apart in the fifth. Off speed pitch, just off, just on the outside of the plate, can't clip the corner though, and it's two and one now. Robinson. Maybe he can get the extra base hit that the Thunderbirds need. This time, goes far down the right field line. Will it stay in play? Not quite as a sliding. Ethan Bragg into the fence. Can't get there as it goes beyond the wall. Not not, not for sure a homer. Why, I'm not sure <laughs> why, he, why he slid there. Uh, well, yeah, I think he was charging the ball hard and he didn't want to run into the fence and flip over. So oh. he simply opted to slide. Yeah, turf is soft. It really hurt your knee, though. Well, turf is softer than concrete if you flipped over the fence. I know, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm more concerned with that. Although I guess the walls aren't too uh, solid over there in, in the foul territory. And a decent-looking pitch. We've seen similar ones called for a strike in this game, but Robinson lays off, and it's called the ball. I'm not really sure where the strike zone is at this point, Jacob. Full count here, one out. And Kuzadi is still over there at first base. Kuzadi's going again. It's a ball four. 
Well, so, there, there's no one. There's no one holding. There's no one covering number second six, if he does run. Like he, they could. They could. Yeah. The throw would beat him, but there's no one there to catch. Well, I think they were more concerned with the batter at hand, which was Robinson. Mm-hmm. It's a walk though. Valk is going to step up to the plate. He's 0 for two, and with the running runner in scoring position, even though it is the the not especially speedy Kuzati, uh, you'd hope to get a, a ball in play here for him to advance. And so far on the day, Valk is just. He actually hasn't had too much success. Big He's cut. actually 0 for 5 so far. A big cut on that pitch that didn't really look like it was ever going to touch the strike zone. I think he's a little antsy at the plate. He's faced a lot of right-handed pitchers, but hasn't found any success so far today. 0-1 with 2 on now. Kuzadi at second. That pitch just misses. The count will be at 1-1 one one now. Yeah, I, I really don't know where the strike zone is. That looked like a strike to me. The broadcast booth, it's always a bit tricky, though. <laughs> you know, you got the slight bird's eye view, almost to a degree. Now, a Base laser hit. past shortstop. And it is crowd, however, by a left fielder. But Kuzadi will come into the play. Robinson advances to third. And the Thunderbirds have tied it back up. And just like last game, have responded to Corbin's scoring. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, this is they're in a really good position here. Uh, John Whaley um, has a hit on the day against uh, Luchak. He's one of the guys I would like to have on the plate here with the runners on the corners and just one out. And on that last play, Daniel Freiberger almost made an incredible play at shortstop. He missed the ball by about a foot, laying yeah. out to his right. Good job, though, collecting it in left field by Jarrett Thorne and getting in quickly so that the second run of Mitch Robinson couldn't score on that play. Yeah, and I mean, just it, was, it would have been really tough to make a play on that ball just because it was hit so hard by Valk. It wasn't. It wasn't especially um, higher. And he found some success. Yeah, got his first go. knock on the between the two games here today. There you go. But I mean, just it, the that's the first time we've seen real hard, um, you know, fast balls coming off the bat of the Thunderbirds in this game. Yeah, it was some good contact there by Valk. Thunderbirds up to five hits on the day. However, they are tied at two with Corbin. Corbin has actually only mustered two hits themselves, but it came in that inning where there was. The, the last half inning, actually, where there was a balk and a wild pitch. This time, it's taken to deep right center field. And off of the wall, this one will bring home at least one. We'll see if they test it. But holding up at third will be Jackson Valk. Great piece of hitting there by John Whaley. And two runners in scoring position and still only one out for um, for Austin Butler. And that ball just kept traveling. Yeah, that, I, sent, that it, sent center fielder Josh Ebert back. And I thought that ball was actually going to clear. It hit about a quarter a quarter to half. Well, yeah, a quarter way up the wall. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, a couple a couple more feet on that and it's gone. Or a, a little bit of a higher angle. Um, Good piece of hitting there by Whaley. And now runners are on second and third with one out. I swear to God. It's the same is, game. I, it, like, it's ridiculous how similar this game is as, as far as box score goes. Yeah, or at least patterns with the box score. Not, not quite the same uh, defensive gaffes on the part of the, uh, the Warriors that we saw in the first game. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's pretty similar. Just, just the one error for Corbin so far in this one. Now up to bat is Austin Butler, the center fielder for the Thunderbirds. I don't know about that. Called strike, but I don't. I don't exactly know that it uh, hit the strike zone there. But nevertheless, one, one and one. One and one with one out. Butler, in a similar position in game one, was able to drive into with a single up the middle. We'll see what he's able to do this time. Butler takes one off the inside part of the plate for a ball. 
Two and one now. Favorable hitters count here. Well, I think the outfielders have started to get a little more action this game on both go. sides. Yeah, they were probably almost falling asleep out there uh, towards the end of the first game. This time, Butler takes a big cut at a fastball up in the zone. Can't find the ball, though, and now it's 2-2 two and two on him. It seems like it seems like what Luchuk is doing, and I know he's surrendered some big hits, but he's aware that he's make, making the zone rise up on these players as the ball is sent out to left center. We'll see here what happens, and Thorin throws into the third, but that will bring in Mitch Robinson for three, the third run here in this half inning, the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, and up to um, up to bat is Zach Prishik, who was able to cash in a run last time up. Uh, we'll see if he can do that again. Like we said, he's 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 a clutch hitter. Gets base hits when it counts, and generally only when it counts. But nevertheless, we'll see what he can do here. Sack fly there by Austin Butler makes this lead now four to two. After the Corbin Warriors took a quick lead there, two to one for just all of a half inning as Prishik rolls over one in here to short. And the throw over to Loria will end the half inning. But the Thunderbirds able to respond with three. There you go. And they're back on top. They're now, back on to top two. four to two. At this point in the last game, it was five to two. But similar similar outcomes. It seems that both pitchers are struggling at this point after we thought it was a good start to this fifth inning by Rylan Luchuk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he let up a few big hits there. Uh, that pitch that... John Whaley was able to send way out to center. was left right down the middle. Brad Smith into pitch now. Uh, again, the parallels. We saw a reliever start this game, and now we're seeing a starter come in in relief. Um, and, I mean, obviously as a pitcher, I think he might be able to maybe finish out this game uh, with only four innings to go. We'll see what Brad Smith is able to do here. Smith lefty up on the mound. Six foot. 200 pounds. He is also a senior from Vancouver. He's played also on the Canadian Junior National Team. What was the manager's decision of the Thunderbirds? It was head coach Chris Pritchett probably to pull and along with pitching coach Wayne Cornis to pull out uh, Jack Caswell, which I think it was time. Yeah, I mean... He was struggling there in the in the fifth. An interesting uh, usage of, of Caswell um, starting the game. Uh, four scoreless innings. Um, good performance from him, but sort of the wheels fell off a little bit in the fifth inning. Um, but they were able to get out of the inning and responded by scoring three runs of their own in the bottom of that inning. Um, and I think this is going to be a pretty good move to have Brad Smith in there. Again, the left-hander. A lot of lefties on his pitching staff for the Thunderbirds, for sure. Um, kind of unfortunate as the entire... Uh, the whole lineup for Corbin's yeah. righties. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, he's still a really good pitcher, obviously, uh, starting. Um, and he's going to be able to eat up some innings now after they had to take out their starter in the fifth. Brad Smith in his fourth year. 6.65 strikeouts per nine innings. Two and three record on the year. 5.83 ERA. Yikes. Am I reading that right? 22 hit by pitches? I believe so, yes. Um, as, we say, as we saw the first pitch there. 
sail over the sail head over of, the head of, of batter uh, Josh Ebert, the leadoff man. So maybe some control issues that we'll have to be aware of here in this game. Wano mm. counts. Brad Smith this time. A little more on target, but still not close enough to the strike zone. 2-0 is the count. Now batting for the Corbin Warriors is the top of the lineup, number 19, Josh Ebert. Ebert 0-2 in the second game with a strikeout. That was an interesting pitch to swing out there. That was pretty low um, down around the shins of of Ebert, but he took a cut, and it's 2-1. Another big cut there. He's getting some heat on these pitches. Maybe that's where the lack of control comes in. Knotted up at two. And strike three. Comes right out of the pen and gets a strikeout. Yeah, two straight balls um, to start off the inning, but then responds with three straight strikes swinging. Um, so, yeah, definitely getting some heat in on these pitches. He's, and if he's found the zone now um, after a couple of maybe extra warm-up pitches before he get, got back into the game. Um, Ethan Bragg now up. And yeah, yeah, he's finding the zone now. He's got it. And he gets that first one across for a strike. If you're looking at the lineup card and the box score, these first four hitters are a combined 0 for 11 so far as, as, as a ground ball order. goes over to Orton. That's the second out of the inning. Quick two outs at the, at the onset of the... Of the Excuse me, 0 for 10 now. It was 0 for 9 before. I'm bad at math. That's okay. <laughs> but none of those guys really had anything going in the first game either. Um, right. So, yeah, the Thunderbirds have been doing a really good job of shutting down their, their top hitters. What has been working is Freiburger's been pretty good from the plate, and Axemaker has seemed to find it in the second game here. Now up is Drew Loria, the first baseman. That last one was an easy ground out to Justin Orton. Got it over in plenty of time. So far, for the Thunderbirds, Mitch Robinson's one for two. Jackson Valk one for three with that big hit. That huge double by John Whaley off the wall. Uh, he's two for three on the day. Zach Preshuk is one for three. And Orton is one for one. Six total hits for the Thunderbirds. Just two so far for Corbin. One from Freiburg and one from Axemaker. This time off the plate. Now the count's up to 3-0. and oh. Brad Smith made quick work of the first two batters, but his third one, not going quite as efficiently for him. This time finds the zone, able to get it across. I mean, Drew Laurie out of the three-hole. He's been not just quiet, but silent. Nothing. And I mean Ben Ross as well hasn't really gotten anything going um, in the in the cleanup spot. So Brad Smith doing a good job to fight back. Number twenty two on the mound, the big lefty has it at full count with two outs. Payoff pitch coming up. Brad Smith. This time he delivers and it goes. Grounder over to Mitch Robinson. Handles it well and tosses it over to Valk. That will get them out of the inning. Nothing across for the war. Nobody gets on. And a great job so far for one inning of relief for Brad Smith. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see if um, it is going to be Luchuk coming out again to start off the sixth at least. We'll see if they can do some more damage against the 
pitcher who's already up at 100 pitches on this uh, on this cold Saturday afternoon. As we're in between innings here, I'm just taking a peek over at the forecast. There is a what what claims to be a 30% chance of rain starting at 6. Ah, we'll be okay. Currently at 534. 7, it says there's nothing, but then it comes back at 8. So, being Vancouver, who really knows? Well, Anything the, more than 30, I kind of mean, in my opinion, that's like, it's going to rain. Well, I mean, the, the, the clouds aren't quite as dark as they were earlier. It is pretty chilly, but I mean... Cold's okay. I mean, I mean, today is April fourteenth. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'd think it'd start be starting to get warmer now. Well, it was for a bit. Now up to bat for the Thunderbirds is number twenty-four, Justin Orton, second baseman. He made the final play of that inning to bring the Thunderbirds back up to bat, and holding them scoreless without a single runner was big, because. That's what Corbin wasn't able to do with the Thunderbirds after they put up a two spot. Exactly. Yeah, they um, they responded effectively, made the pitching change, which um, Corbin seems to be hesitant with doing. Again, you said their their relief staff not quite up to snuff with uh, UBCs, so maybe, maybe why they're leaving do. in Luchuk a little longer. Mm. Squares to bunt, but pulls back on the three zero count. Now it's three and one to Orton. And out of the pen for Corbin. As a foul ball comes off the bat of Orton, Corbin, Orton, it's like a rhyme almost. But out of the <laughs> pen for them, they have Austin Holmes, Jonathan Ruzamano, Jackson Arnsdorf, Jacob Bowser, and Stottlemyre as a foul ball goes down the third baseline. We saw Stottlemyre in last game. Yeah, he wasn't too great. Um, one of their, their top reliever out of the pen is Austin Holmes, probably followed by Jacob Bowser. We haven't really seen Austin Holmes though, which is a little surprising. Um, I think if this, if they can, as a called third strike, if Corbin can close the gap a little bit, we might see him later. Uh, as Kyle McComb, the number nine hitter, steps in. Justin Orton was just rung up on that last pitch. Now it's Kyle McComb up to bat, over two on the day. Orton was one for one before that at bat. McComb again squares to bunt. A theme of these two games here in this doubleheader today. Here comes the pitch from Luchuk. Kyle McComb gets a piece of it, but it goes out of bounds. So far on the day for Ryland Luchuk, his stats read as five and a third inning pitched. Six hits as he gets another swing through there from Justin or Kyle McComb. Four runs, all of them earned. Three base on balls. Does have five strikeouts. And, of course, he let up that one double um, to John Whaley that bounced off the wall. Up to 108 pitches now, though, on the day. 
his pitch count's really going to start to take effect. Yeah, I, I can't imagine seeing him come out for the seventh inning, um, especially if um, a runner gets on base and extends the inning. As a absolute <laughs> sl It was a beautiful hit up the middle. Great job of staying back on the ball. Kyle McComb slashed it right past yeah. Luchuk on the mound. And at second, Axemaker able to get a glove on it, but not able to actually corral the ball it bounced off and stayed in the infield for a, a single i think that was because luchuk made a movement towards it and sort of deflected it a bit and it didn't really end up where um axe maker was expecting it to go so he sort of was only able to knock it down rather than corral it mccomb doing a good job to boost his batting average today between these two games and now he's turned over the lineup for anthony kuzati who's over two in the second game of the series mccomb will get a lead and there's one out here in the bottom of the sixth off-speed pitch Drops him for a strike. Which Kuzati will we get this time? Um, well, he sort of picked up towards the second half of the game in, in last game, so I'm thinking maybe the good one. It's just my thought. If we're going with the whole parallels thing, anyway. 0-1 count to Anthony Kuzati, taking the DH role here in this game. This pitch, another off-speed. That one is a bit low, though. It counts out 1-1. And you can really feel that breeze. It is getting cold it's up here. It's pretty chilly. Guzzotti taking his time. Steps back into the box. McComb gets his lead off first, and the pitch comes in from Luchuk. Another ball, this time low and inside. Thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. I am Jacob Ayer, accompanied alongside Eric Thompson. You're listening to UBC Thunderbird Baseball. As a pickoff attempt, almost had McComb over that first. Again, you're listening to UBC Thunderbird Baseball taking on the Corbin University Warriors. This is the second game of a doubleheader here today. We will be coming back at you guys tomorrow for opening, opening day as a hit-and-run attempt. At least advances the runner. However... Hit over to third. Anthony Cusati will be thrown out from Maxwell Jeffrey. Meanwhile, Kyle McComb advances to second. And now Jake Lamferman is up. But tomorrow we will have the opening opening day here at Thunderbird Park. Well, I mean opening day. In the 14 games in. Literally the last. Actually 16 the, after today. The, the last home game of the season. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Um, something I've noticed interestingly, they, use, they seem to be using Cusati in sort of a like move the runner type role a lot throughout this game um, which is not really the way you want to be using your leadoff guy but I mean it seems to be working I think it just happens that and I mean, when, I when he's been at bat because the bottom of the lineup has been contributing there's been situations that they've just simply wanted to tack another one or two on the board yeah and I mean so that's why he took you know why he did the sack button in the first game and Kuzadi's not your typical leadoff guy anyway just, just you know because he's not the fastest base runner the Thunderbirds have he just gets on base, a good clip. Now up for the Thunderbirds is number two, Jake Lamferman. Lamferman so far in the second game, 0 for 3 with a pair of strikeouts, hoping to avoid the third one here. Count is currently 1-0. And he takes both of these first two pitches have been rather close. Both of them called those balls, though. Counts 2-0 and now. Thunderbirds, seven hits on the day compared to Corbin's two. Corbin has also committed... One error. In the first game, they had three. Thunderbirds, collectively, between the two games, have had just one. 
the ball momentarily gets away from catcher uh, Cole Foley, but he's able to corral it. No advance on the play. 3-0 now the count to Lamperman. And the problem is, if you walk him, you're just bringing up Mitch Robinson. Yeah, and Robinson's been dangerous, too. He had that uh, big hit. And that is um, another walk. That's actually. not intentional. That's that's fatigue. It's He's out of 117 mm-hmm. pitches. Yeah. I Do they have anyone warming Coach, up? Coach, what are you doing? There is, there is one pitcher warming up over in the bullpen for the Warriors, but they're leaving uh, Luchuk in right now. Ryland Luchuk now up to 120, excuse me, not 119, even 120 on the day as he is again unable to find the strike zone. It's been six straight balls now as Mitch Robinson, the three hitter for the Thunderbirds, is at the plate. And if if, if this hitter gets away from them, the bases will be loaded for Valk um, with Whaley, who's had a really excellent game uh, soon to follow. And that's, oh, that one clips the corner. That was a pity strike. So we can find the zone. It's one and one now. Mitch Robinson, right-handed batter. This time sees it off-speed pitch, leaves it up. Now the count's at two and one. The runner at second is Kyle McComb. Shortstop for the Birds. And over at first is... I believe that's Jake Lamferman as a nice piece is put on the ball into left field. It'll be Jarrett Thornton coming up with it and into third safely. Using that speed, Jake Lamferman advances on the ball to left field. Yeah. That'll bring in a run. RBI single there for Mitch Robinson, adding to his already fantastic total on the day. Thunderbirds now up 5-2, to two, and, that's and Jackson Valk is at the plate. That's going to be the game for uh, Ryan Luchuk, as we can see. Uh, five and two thirds, five earned, four yeah. bases on four base on balls, five strikeouts, and it looks like and 124 um, pitches. Yeah, um, looks like uh, Jacob Bowser is going to come in to uh, relieve now, the, the Warriors, very fatigued 124 pitch count. Ryland Luchuk, uh, as as his day is done, and uh, Jacob Bowser uh, into pitch. Jacob Bowser. Standing at six foot two, 175, originally from Olympia, Washington. He has a 3.38 ERA in nine appearances. Only dished out four base on balls through those, but on the flip side, only has two strikeouts. He is another pitcher who comes from very low arm angle, even lower actually than starter of the first game, uh, Chris Jackson. He's coming from a near uh, 45 degree angle when he's up there on the mound. He holds batters, though, to 200 average, and that's what they need right now. Another another sidearm pitcher, yeah, as you mentioned, for um, for Washington, or for Corbin. For Corbin. Why did who's I say fr- who's from Who's from Oregon? Yeah. Not Washington, but, you know, the U.S. Because well, uh, Bowser's from Washington. Right, Bowser's from Olympia, Washington. So we'll see what their relief staff is able to do, but already their starters, which were... Technically better than the UBCs, at least from a stat book perspective. Not able to hold their own. And the relief staff, not up to snuff with the UBCs. We'll see what UBC is able to do here. As currently, this ball game is still anyone's. It's 5-2. to two, But if Valk is able to put find a gap here, it could make the game potentially 7-2. to two. 
Corbin has really done the rever- the exact reverse of what we saw from from UBC um, in this season in terms of falling off completely. Whereas the, the Thunderbirds, they come home and they just you know yeah, exactly they really were able to come together as a team. Jacob Bowser, number thirty-seven on the mound, right-handed pitcher. He's in his sophomore year. He will face the lefty. Another favorable matchup for Jackson Valk. The problem is their pen, besides Austin Holmes, is all righties. Good for good for Valk. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> good for Valk. And um, as we're back underway here, it's a one out count, two out, runners on the corners. It's the Lamferman at third. And if if um, if Val can get on base here, Whaley has just had an incredible game, um, and will probably do some more damage. That one's called a strike. And over at first is Mitch Robinson, who just brought in, who brought in uh, Kyle McComb with his single to left field. Five two lead here, eight hits so far for the Birds, just two hits and two runs for. As a wild pitch gets past the catcher, Lamferman standing up comes home. Another run for the Thunderbirds. And in the last three innings, they put up one, three, and now two runs. 6-2 lead for the Thunderbirds as Mitch Robinson advances to second and Jackson Valk remains at the plate. 2-1 count now. And that one just got by. Yeah, I'm not really sure. The looks like he's having a bit of control issues um and as you said this is you know the I mean that wa- that wasn't a terrible pitch though I got I I don't know the I think ca- I don't it think seemed it like Cole Foley didn't do a proper job blocking and it, it might be tricky because he's a sidearm thrower right I don't spin th- might bounce different I don't think it was quite the spot that um Foley had intended as yeah. Valk walks right now yeah and that'll bring uh Whaley to the plate who's two for three on the day um with uh, two RBIs, I believe. Whaley, so far on the day, has one RBI, two okay. hits, and one run. Of course, that right, double yeah, off the, the wall. Yeah, I was, I just, that, was, that was a really good piece of hitting. I really thought that was going to get over the wall. We'll see what he's able to do with runners on first and second here. Thunderbirds already put up two in this inning, hoping for more. Thank you all for listening in. Eric Thompson and I am Jacob Air. We are bringing you guys live UBC Thunderbird baseball on CITR 101.9 for the first time. And yeah, it's absolutely been great. Yeah, it has. I'm really glad that we're uh, able to do this for you guys. It was a um, hefty cut there from jo- uh, John Whaley. Um, <laughs> Whaley's, Whaley's trying for more than a double right now. Yeah, John Whaley, I think he really wanted that thing on, the, on his last uh, plate appearance. John Whaley now behind the count, 0-1. Now on the move, a double steal attempt, and the ball gets by. We'll see what Robinson does. He holds at third. Runners are already on the move. They would have made it because of the pitch is location, but then it squirted away further from, from uh, Cole Foley. Yeah, we're not really seeing a great outing from, from Jacob Bowser here. Uh, so far in this one. They're relief pitching, right? That's, yeah. That's where they've been struggling. And now Ooh. Whaley fouling it off his foot. Count will go to one and two. 
John Whaley in his third year. He is a solder business student here at UBC. He's originally from Oakville, Ontario, standing at 6'2", 210. He's an outfielder technically on roster. Today he's playing left, 246 average before this series, 20 runs, three homers, and then with the recent double, now 14 RBIs on the season. And I guess 21 runs because he came around as well. 292 on-base percentage, and he has not committed an error this season. He's got a little speed as well, four of them. Yeah. Four stolen bags. For sure. And protecting the plate uh, with a one and two count, um, just fouling it off into the right field batting cages. Still at one and two with two outs. Runners at second and third now. Here comes the pitch. That low de- that low sidearm delivery. The I believe it looks like a slider. It, it, d- it did sort of have the motion of a slider, and it just sort of slid way out of the strike zone to the outside. Brings the count to two and two. Deuces wild. Two on, two out, and a 2-2 count. And he fouls it. I thought he swung and missed. So he'll stay alive here. Still, everything at two. This is the bottom of the sixth inning. Thunderbirds won that first game 8-2. to two. They're up here again 6-2. to two. And if they are able to hold on to this win today, as that one is outside... That means in their last 15 games, they will have been 13 and two. That's that's pretty impressive. I gotta tell you, um, this Thunderbird team has just shown so much promise that we really didn't see at all um, when they started the season with that uh, never-ending road trip. And wow, John, John Whaley, rung up, he was rung up on the inside of the plate there. Off-speed pitch got him frozen. However, the Thunderbirds put up two more, extend their lead to six to two. And have had what we've already seen as a good outing from relief pitcher uh, Brad Smith. Brad Smith, last inning. Nobody got on base and he got a strikeout on top of it all. He'll be back out there for the seventh. Yeah, Brad Smith, as we mentioned, you know, tr- traditionally a starting pitcher. Um, I won't. I would not be surprised if he sort of pitches this and even the next inning as well, um, coming in relief of the traditional reliever um, in Jack Caswell. Mitch Robinson so far, as well as John Whaley, both putting up a pair of hits in this game. On the other side, just two hits, Freiberger and Axemaker. That's it for them. Leading it off will be the DH Benros. He has had his struggles at the plate today. Game one and game two. Hasn't got anything going. One strikeout here. Three in the first game. We'll see if he can change his luck here. I mean, he's been batting fourth in both games, and the, the I mean one through four. It's it's just gotten hasn't gone his, well. It's just gotten into his head. Like um, you can tell in his body language, every time he steps up and every time he leaves the plate, um, he's just super unhappy. And you can tell he's he's looking at the ground. He's you know, he's he's really just not feeling it today. I don't think. We'll see if he's able to turn around his luck. Was able to get a piece of that one. Counts own one now to Ben Ross. Caswell facing him. 
It is a good matchup as Caswell's a lefty and Ross the righty. Swings through that one again. He does seem to still be pulling his head out. Yeah, I, I, I kind of looks like Hunter Pence. That's what it is. Yeah, he swings it's Hunter the Pence. It's I mean that's what it is. <laughs> For all of you who are unfamiliar with Hunter Pence, the now Giants outfielder, pretty erratic, I guess, batting stance in the box, and when he swings the bat, he just kind of looks like this caveman-like <laughs> figure. Or uh, um, Evan Gaddis, maybe. Evan Gaddis too. DH for the Houston Astros. He just looks like a Canadian lumberjack. I, I love Evan Gaddis. He's he's hilarious to watch at the plate. He's an enormous man. Count 0-2. And, and did he break the plane? No, says the first base umpire. The count will go to 1-2 and two on what was definitely a high pitch. Again, Evan Gaddis loves to swing at those high pitches. <laughs> ben Ross trying to get something started here for Corbin, who momentarily took a 2-1 lead to have Thunderbirds put up three. Ross foul tips it, but right into the mitt of Zach Preshak. Thunderbirds. Ben Ross still, keep rolling. Still unable to reach base on the day. Um, Freiberger actually been one of the best warriors so far in this series. Um, has been great in the base pass, great at the plate, um, great defensively, with the exception of that one um, booted double play ball in game one. Um, He'll take ball one here. One out here in the top of the seventh. Corbin's gonna have three more chances to try and come back. But like I was saying, after the, after Corbin put up a Ooh. quick 2-1 lead as that one clips Daniel Freiberger's shoulder, he'll head down to first on the hit-by-pitch. And that's not the guy you want to have on the base paths. No. Um, again, Daniel <laughs> Freiberger has been excellent in terms of his base running, his base stealing. Um, and you can you can see the conference there between the shortstop and second baseman. They're going to be very careful about um, Daniel Freiberger and if he tries to steal second. Here comes Axemaker, but after they went up 2-1, to one, UBC quickly put up a three spot, and then after blanking Corbin in the top of the sixth, were able to put up two more, so five unanswered runs from UBC has gotten them to the 6-2 point in the game. That's a familiar scoreline. Brad Smith sets, looks over at Freiberger, pauses, and now delivers to Axemaker, who almost commits to the pitch. First base, Blue says... He did not go, and Axemaker now has a one-on-one -on -one count. Andrew Axemaker. 380 average, but he only has one hit through these two games. Did he go around? No, nope. he did not. Count is two and one now. He's almost committed twice. But for a guy who's tied for the first in RBIs in the whole league, fourth in steals, you know, like all these different numbers... Hasn't had too much of an impact. He lit, he flies this one out to left field. That's going to hang up for Whaley. And they will now have two outs. Bringing up to the plate. None other than Jarrett Thorin. Thorin's also been quiet. Everybody's been quiet on the on the Warriors side. They've I mean, just four, been four hits in the first game, two so far here. Completely dominated by the pitching staff of the Thunderbirds. Yeah, they've been able to mix it up. Well, with the ace now, Windler, going out in the first game, and then starting here was uh, Jack Caswell of the Thunderbirds. Now now in the game is Brad Smith. Brad Smith attempting a pickoff there on the speedy Daniel Freiberger that um, pulled first baseman Jackson Valk off the bag. Low called strike here. Not 
Yeah, Jared Thorne's not, not really agreeing with, with it. No. And now 0 and 1. Feinberg getting a decent lead. Off speed pitch misses the corner. Knotted up at one. But the start by Caswell was impeccable through four. It was actually his first start ever. Well, this year at least. And he did a great job. Fifth inning, he lost it a bit. An inside strike called. Thorne really not liking <laughs> what he's receiving here from the blue behind the plate. Well, I mean, the, the strike zone's been a little all over the place this afternoon. And now up was a pitch delivered by Smith, but he clips his second batter of the inning. Puts two runners on now. There is two outs. By that time he hit... He hit Jarrett Thorne pretty square in the arm when he had a good opportunity to strike him out and get out of the inning. And if you're tuning in to CITR... Unfortunately, we may have to cut off this broadcast early as our allotted time is coming to an end. The current score here is 6-2 for the Thunderbirds. You can track what they're doing at UBC Athletics. They have the live stats there of the game. In the first game, the final score was 8-2 in favor of the Thunderbirds. Now Windler picking up the win. Right now, it is the top of the seventh inning. I am Jacob Ayer and I'm accompanied by Eric Thompson. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We have about one or two more minutes left on our show. As a back pick, almost <laughs> goes array there. Yeah, a nice uh, layout there from the shortstop, uh, Mr. Kyle McComb, to ensure that it didn't reach the outfield, um, which would have been pretty bad as, you know, Daniel Freiberger, pretty speedy. He might have been able to even reach home on that. Here comes the pitch from Smith. Gets it across the plate there. The batter is Cole Foley. He's over two on the day with a strikeout. Two on here on second base. It's Andrew Axemaker. And on first, it's Jarrett Thorin. Or excuse me. On second base, it's Daniel Freiberger. Axemaker flew out to left field. is two and one and unfortunately our time here has came to a close thank you all so much for turning tuning in here today and i'm sorry that i have to leave you guys hanging here it is currently the top of the seventh two one count two outs and two runners on this will be the last pitch but thank you all so much for tuning in as a grounder to justin orton will get the thunderbirds out of the ending it is eric thompson and i am jacob air this has been a fantastic experience broadcasting CITR Radio FM 101.9. The following program is in Russian. Vous écoutez CITR à l'antenne de la radio 101.9 FM. Le programme suivant est présenté en russe. Добрый вечер, дорогие радиослушатели. Приветствую всех, кто собирается провести этот вечерний час на нашей волне. В студии Людмила Михайлович и Анатолий Бурый. И мы начинаем нашу субботнюю передачу. Это наша волна. Радио Большого Ванкувера. Передачу можно слушать в прямом эфире, не только по радио или 